Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. I got DJ Never. Yo, what up? I got DJ D Miles. What's good? What's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. And yo, we got a special guest. This is uh, some our LA fam. Yep. Yo. A really dope DJ producer. I'd say actually one of the dopest scratching DJs I've ever heard in the nightclub. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks, bro. Sound yeah, yeah. One of, one of the best. And... um. He's become like a social media guru now with his new <laughs> Urban Sicko. I got my man Craig Anthony in the building. What's good, What's man? What's good, my man? Good man. Shout out to that 1942 y'all going to try to throw yeah, on me. Yeah. Whatever you want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever, you're whatever you're ready. Satanic. It's going to get closer through the podcast. Yeah, man. it's like creeping on me. <laughs> you want the Castle Migos now, though, right? I mean, you know, the homies in Vegas. I just moved to Vegas, so yeah, yeah. The guys yeah. out here been putting me on that, man. Uh-huh. So, what are you yeah. doing out here, man? Uh... You know, I can't. You, you LA to the death. You're nah, the mayor. To the no. death. To the death. To the death. All, all, over, all over my body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, Lakers, Lakers, Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. There's only Raiders. one other person on social media talking more shit about the Dodgers than it's him. Yeah. But after me. I'm just like, man. Yeah, are you man, a Dodgers fan? Big Dodger fan. Yeah. Bro. So, uh, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, man, uh, all over the basin. Uh, I was pretty much raised in Pasadena, which is about 10 minutes from downtown. And, um, you know, I, I guess I, I got all of that, that real L.A. culture from, you know, the family uh, growing up in the city, running the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when gangbanging was big, you know, I was young. You know, my, my family did a lot of gangbanging, so I was around that culture. And, and then the sports shit came from my father. You know, my dad was a gnarly Dodgers, Raiders Lakers, yeah, and he yeah. since I was a kid, he drug me into the games. You know, like yeah. five years old, I was in there. You know, watching Magic and Bird. So a lot of that shit is tradition and family. You know how that works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty yeah. much you know everybody sticks to their culture, and no matter what race or religion. Not definitely. You know, yeah, you yeah. you ride with your culture, um, and then LA has its own culture, um, which is there's two different cultures which people don't understand. From real LA natives, there's Hollywood and there's LA. Mm-hmm. Hollywood ain't LA. Hollywood is a city where a lot of uh, transplants come into the city and try to become a part of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that as an LA native. Um, now that I'm a transplant in Vegas, you know it's kind of funny because I've always gone hard on transplants. Yeah. But a lot of those transplants don't bring anything to the city. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think if you're a transplant, like uh, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to a city and try to become a part of that city, but you know, if you bring something to the city, it, it better's the city. If you come and just suck from the city, then it's like it's not as cool. So. Uh, the but, thing about Hollywood is yeah. really weird, bro, because it's two different places. The culture in Hollywood ain't the culture in L.A. Like, it's not South Central. It's not Compton. Mm-hmm. It's not all those places. It's not Dina. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 IG people and, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. You already know what it is. So it's it's not it's, – it's, it's, it's just not me, dude. So that's one of the reasons I came out to Vegas is because I just feel like I outgrew Los Angeles in, that, in those types of aspects. Uh, also, I felt like – I wasn't fucking with the prices, bro. Like, like it's nuts, bro. Yeah. It's dude, like, as fuck. I'm not trying to throw money around, but I had my place was forty five hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? It was a three bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. All right, I came out here and got a five bedroom house for half of that in a gated yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you own the motherfucker, probably. right? So my, that's what I'm saying. And no so, taxes, no taxes. And then what I like no about state tax, yeah. right? Yeah. And what I love about Vegas, and even just being here, I've been here five minutes. The people in Vegas, the people that I know in all the casinos from the DJs to the workers, it's more like a family vibe out here. Mm-hmm. Everybody sticks together. Everybody's at everybody's events. Everybody's at everybody's mm-hmm. company, party. Everybody fucks with each other heavy. Mm-hmm. 
And that to me is something I never experienced in Los Angeles. Like, really? Yeah. Not like out here, bro. Like I was telling you that yesterday, Kirk, that people don't support each other in LA at all. Nah. Because everybody wants to be the fucking But it's like main a fake focus. support, though. I right? couldn't even get a ride at an airport in LA. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers really? be like, people trying to go pick, to the airport? People fucking, won't like, pick you up, dog. Like, nah, you can't get on. Not even up. from your family. It's just a different, it's a different feeling. Like, if motherfuckers don't show up in LA, no, nobody don't trip because they expect you not to show up. Yep. Mm-hmm. But out here, they expect you to show up. Yeah. Yo, man, we're going to be at Crazy Horse. Shout out to my guy, Brandon Roke. Like, he always got me in there. We just go down there and eat pizza and shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and just hang out with the dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not like we even partying or, or watching strippers. Yeah. And that, to me, is invaluable because it's like a family vibe. And I, that's what I've learned here in Vegas. That's my favorite part of Vegas so far. Yeah. Uh, and then the nightlife is untouchable. You know, it's like, it's the best in the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I man. didn't go out in Los Angeles. You couldn't get me to come out in Los Angeles. Like, I wouldn't go. I already knew what was going to happen. What, what didn't you like about going out in Los what Angeles? What I didn't like in L.A. was um, it's literally the same old people at the same tables for the last 10 years. And I'm not talking about the people who work there. I'm just talking about the crowds. The Hollywood crowd to me is stagnant. Yeah, They don't party. Uh, they do party, but they don't party. It's a different party. type they of party. It's a different type <laughs> of party. <laughs> After hours <laughs> they, party. They call it the Hollywood flu out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, damn, I got the flu, bro. We got but you. He, yeah. was, he was pointing at his nose saying party. Yeah. So. Sniffleificus and shit. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, just everybody, and I'm one of them, bro. Like, I, I, I say this to myself, and I'm saying this to my city. It's like, motherfuckers are too cool for school. You know, it's like, I was one of those dudes. I was even too cool for the two cool motherfuckers. Like, I wouldn't even go fuck with them. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I'm cool. And, like, I was just like, but when I came out here, man, and the family vibe and the nightlife and the things to do out here for me, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just more conducive to being social for me personally. Like, I like going to the the brunch and shit, like the popping lavo brunch, like mm-hmm. baddest bitches in the city, motherfuckers popping forty two in the daytime. You can hit a day club. You go, you know what I mean, like, and then you go out to the nightclubs. The production mm-hmm. in the clubs is crazy. Mm-hmm. I can go see the Migos or Calvin Harris any day of the week, and I'm three miles from there. Like, yeah. I don't, you don't have that in L.A. You know what I'm saying? They can't pay those dudes in LA. Nobody's gonna pay Pat Calvin Harris in fucking Los Angeles to come DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't afford the dude. You know what I'm saying? So. I just, I don't know, for me, it just ended up being a really good move personally, and I'm really enjoying being out here. I really enjoy the people out here, and I'm blessed to be here and thankful to be in Vegas. It's been a blessing for me. For sure. I feel like that was an ad for Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming coming for somebody who never (laughs) lived here. Yeah, like, you know, I'm like, like, I I jump down to Summerlin, I go down there and do my little suburban thing. I dip over here to, to, you know, the strip, you know what I'm saying? I'm over here in the panorama getting it in. Like, everything's so close. Yeah. And when yeah. you know, bro, you be in LA a lot. All you guys do, you know, when you're driving around out there, yeah. that shit gets annoying. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. going 45 miles? I mean, 45 minutes for three miles. Yeah, out here is like two minutes for those three miles. I was just out there. I DJed at the Breeders' Cup on Saturday, man, and it was like I just when I got off the plane, it just took me forever to get everywhere, man. And I was just, I was really looking forward to coming back to Vegas to. <laughs> There's a lot of space out here, bro. Just yeah, to man. kick it, like yeah. God damn, I just want to go home, man. Like, yeah. you know, I only been here six weeks, so yeah. Uh, you always, you always, I always see you on uh, like Twitter talking about like, like I guess what you would call the transplants. Yeah, that be like bitching about L.A. Like, yeah, see, like I come, I'm a transplant now, but I ain't bitching about Vegas. Nah, you know man, what I'm saying? Nah. Like, I ain't coming here like shit, man. In L.A., we had it popping. Like, I'm coming here and I'm appreciating where I'm at. Yeah, like the transplants, some of them that come from L.A. I'm not gonna say what city they come from, but they come to L.A. and they come to L.A. because I guess the opportunity or they want to be around celebrities or whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah. 
but they also come in and they hate on the city. Yeah. And to me, that's corny. Like, why are you here? I yeah. would never move anywhere that I'm going to hate on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, LA is trash, man, but I'm going to be up at Chris Brown's party, like, you know, <laughs> dick riding and shit. You know what I'm saying? Holland Drive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, why you, like, how can you hate and dick ride in the same sentence? You know I feel like, I feel like that's a bunch of New Yorkers coming in. New Yorkers. I'm about to say New York. New York is, New York is up there, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, he didn't want to call you guys out. But New York is, for me, New York is, it's like, it's warranted because of like their history you know and the culture like New York got a lot of OG shit it's really hard to like but New York motherfuckers is assholes you know what I'm saying like I got shitload of homies out there and it's just it's part of the culture like it is what it is you know mm-hmm. what I mean like yeah, we go at each other like not me and me and Kay over here, but I've been talking about like New York and LA people usually go at it about what city's better and blah 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 mm-hmm. they're just two giant meccas with a lot of culture and a lot of history and they're very competitive uh, but Living in Vegas, bro, like it's cool, man. It's laid back and crazy at the same time. You came right at the right time. It just got cold, man. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm you knowing, bro. <laughs> like you, you missed the heat. No, I, when I was looking for my place, I was getting fried though. Like okay. I was looking like uh, August. Yeah, oh, okay. it was yeah, lit. Yeah. Like I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I was getting lit up. I was getting lit up, and I actually really hate heat. Like I hate it. But it's just such a uh, such a good move for me to come out here. You know, like I'm about to start DJing out here. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little later. But um, are you DJing? Are you, so you're are you DJing on the Urban Sicko? That's what's coming. That's, that's what we're, we're working on the marketing right now. We're working on uh, everything. Working on the music. Like it's it's a full. It's gonna be like a real character. I don't know if I'm gonna do like a black marshmallow thing because yeah. it, it's a caricature of me. Yeah, and uh, well, can, let's let's explain Urban right. Sickle a little bit. So you you were formerly Homicide, DJ Homicide. Still, I'm still into him. To the auto OG people, are never yeah. gonna stop calling me that. I mean, Homicide is yeah. ill. That's yeah, he's a legend. Man. I mean, you, the DJ Homicide is a trip, man, because it really is really what broke me in the music industry. It broke me on the radio. It broke me as a DJ. Period. Like, mm-hmm. I started off doing a uh, local DJ battles. You know, like in in uh, San Gabriel Valley, Pasadena, and those areas. Uh, and a lot of OGs from LA know that some of those areas were where a lot of the DJs came from. Like you know, like there was a lot of dope record stores, and there was like places like called Astros and all these places. Yeah, so Astro. So all of like you know, there was like a lot of people from those areas, and all the OGs would DJ in those areas. So we got exposed to like K Day DJs and Tony Gonzalez's and Joe Cooley's, and so those dudes are my influence, and that's what really got me DJing. So when I was you know like 15, 16, 17, um, I won every contest that I was in, every DJ contest. And so my boys was like, you know, Public Enemy was popping and it was Terminator X. And my boy was like, yo, man, you ill. They should just, you be killing motherfuckers. Like, fucking, you like a DJ homicidal motherfucker. <laughs> and they just like started calling me that. So I don't believe you should ever make your own nickname. I mm-hmm. think like it should be given to you. Mm-hmm. So my boy, Chris well, Hunter. The West Coast got some horrible yeah. DJ names. Yeah. I always say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Say the DJ. Like, Who got a cool DJ name though? Crooked? Nah. Crooked though? I think the the Crooked person makes it a, the <laughs> No, but all of our names are like nah, is that cool? But the coolest one to me is Rockticon. Rockticon's, Rockticon's a good Rockticon's name. a dope name. Rockticon's a good it's name. It's like a superhero yeah, slash yeah, hipster. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty much who he is. He blends in in anywhere. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> <laughs> a superhero hipster, like that's yeah. him all day. I've always liked Melody. Yeah. But that's his name. Great name. But yeah. I feel like he made Melody dope. Like yeah. the, the the DJ yeah. made it dope, and that's why I think like you know Kid Capri. Kid Capri to me is a dope name, but it, it's really not. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, bro. but he yeah. made Kid Capri dope. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna give you like my favorite DJs. Uh, uh my favorite DJ of all time is DJ Jazzy Jeff. DJ yeah. Jazzy Jeff for me, growing up was just he was everything. And also there was also Cash Money, who was a probably yeah. 
I'm not gonna say he was iller, but he was a groundbreaking mm-hmm. yeah. bad motherfucker. Yeah. Like Philly, yeah. both Philly DJs, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. DJ Miz and all that shit. So that's the whole era that I grew up in with Aladdin and and them dudes and all that. How shit. How did you hear? How did you hear that shit in L.A.? In L.A., uh, there was a radio station. There was two stations. There was KDAY, which was on AM stereo, that mm-hmm. played was the first 24-hour hip-hop station in the United States. Even back in the '80s, it was nobody was even. Yeah, Hot I mean, 97 wasn't doing it. You yeah. know, like K Day was pure hip hop, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, they had that in New York. No, nah, not oh, back then. Not in the '80s. New York had like nah, specialty we, shows. We yeah. just had like um, hip hop on the weekends. Yeah, like Fridays and yeah. Saturdays. Like that was it. Red yeah. Alert, all Red that Alert, shit. Chuck Chilla, Molly Ch- Mall, Molly Mall, all that shit. I used to listen awesome to that. Too. So my mother is from the East Coast. So oh, yeah. she, where's she, she from? She's from Cincinnati, but she grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. So my mother used to take me to New York every summer. Oh, okay. So I used to go on a 125th in Harlem. You know, when I was a kid, she just scared the shit out of me. But really, dude, the hood. One, this, yeah. is, this is probably like the eighties, nineties. No, no, it was rough, bro. Like I, you know, coming from L.A., L.A. is rough. Like what it's not of, as rough looking. It's rough people. It's what not part of one twenty fifth. I don't remember. Just the whole shit. Like it was just raw down there. Like it was just you know, it looked like the Grandmaster Flash video. Like it was that real. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, the yeah. shit was real. The projects. But wait, wait, was this the eighties? Yeah, this was the eighties. Yeah, this was the eighties. Yeah, eighties was no joke. Yeah, no, the eighties in Harlem was no joke. You know, like my family lived there. You know, so I would go to New York in uh in the eighties, and that also helped me out with hip hop a lot because my mom would let me buy records out there. You know, and that's where I got PSK for Schoolie D and all that shit. Like, I would bought that in New York, and I brought that shit back to L.A. and Shell Toes and Fat Laces and motherfuckers, you know, like in 83 and all that shit. So Mm -hmm. these motherfuckers in L.A. would see Beach Street, but then I would have this shit on already because I would be in New York, you know, with my cousins and shit. Mm -hmm. So hip-hop has always been like, I'm not saying like, yo, I'm an OG, but I was really at the right age of the golden years when it was, you know, being exposed. And I was, I had a little edge up on people because my family was, East Coast people, so um, my father's from the South, but my mother and her family's East Coast. So, so LA, they wasn't rocking like shell toes, shell tops. Or? Nah, bro, Chuck, it was all it was like Chuck, nah, Chuck right? Taylor. And I'm not, you know, there's a, other, there's a lot of other people that were exposed to that culture, not just me, you know. But I was in my neighborhood. I was one of the first dudes with it. Like I was, and then all my homies started biting and shit. Like, yeah, either it way, was all yeah. Chucks or Cortez, Nike Cortez. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what shoes I had back then. I had trash shoes, like tracks. And shit. But you're like the biggest sneakerhead, yo. That yeah. came later. You know, what I mean, that came when I actually had enough money to get yeah, the things. That I when wanted the money came, he became a stick. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I could afford to get the you know the yeah. J's. These guys were violent on you, Nike Yo, rest bro. in peace, DJ AM. Absolutely. You, AM, Ben Baller. Ben Baller. You guys were like kind of like the first, like, I don't know. They're the first say? crew, bro. Yeah. Well, you guys were like uh, the, the shoe first gang. Hype, you guys were the first hype beast yeah. in the West Coast. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I would say that. I, I'm not gonna give them hype beast, but yeah, because they only did they did only they didn't only do like the, the pop and shit. They do like the regular cool shit too. Yeah. Like they made Air Force Two look cool as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so, we, yeah. we just to me, honestly, bro, like collecting shoes and that whole shoe shit is is like another form of hip hop to me. It was the same thing as is is you know, going to dig with your boys yeah, and yeah. digging for records. You hide the shit or you get a dope ass break that your boy don't have and you knock and you hit him at the club with it, like, yo, where'd you get that fucking record? And you wipe it out and make it white so nobody can see the label. Mm-hmm. That's the whole essence of that whole shoe collecting shit. So me, Ben, and AM did that, but we also battled. It was like an internal battle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like we would just battle each other with like rare kicks and shit. You know, like I would go on to Japan and shit because my band and shit, and I would come back with like yeah, dead yeah. stock, eighty five yeah. fucking yeah. you know Jordan ones and shit. And they would be like, "Oh fuck you, dog," you know. And it would, we just went at each other. And to me, that fever of it was 
was what was special about it. So then there was a catch in New York, you know, like M's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the other Even cats? Bobito, Clark, right? Kent. Clark Kent. Clark, Clark Kent. OG Clark Kent right. to shoot. And there was another cat named Rev. Air Rev. Yeah, Air Rev. Air Rev was a gnarly shoot collecting cat in New York. So back then, in Croatian style, he was out here with us. Yeah. Joy. So so back then, uh, we would battle those dudes like nationwide, like on eBay, like sniping shit. Yeah. Like, like it was a real battle, and we were like really trying to set up a shoe battle versus them, and it was getting like. And it would be on Nike Talk. <laughs> it would be on Nike Talk, like going at it, like you know. Like, what, year, what year was this? Like 2000, 2000, 2002? Yeah, two thousand, two thousand to two thousand two. Like you yeah. said, and those were just like the golden years because every it wasn't really cool to collect shoes, yeah. but we were just like all of us had kind of a little come into a little bit of money, mm-hmm. and instead of buying something like. Real estate, we were buying sneakers and shit. Like yeah. because it was like it was like little kids who never had the money to get all the shit that they liked when they was kids and we finally got a little cheese and we just bought sneakers. It's almost yeah. like the first hip hop currency, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneakers was it. Sneakers is like if you look at like Bitcoin, yeah. right? You get Bitcoin right now and the and the and the worth like goes up in value. Yeah. Right. It's like almost like hip hop had the currency of sneakers. And that's and what certain memorabilia and the shit went up in value, and no one thought it would go up yeah. in value. No, no, yeah, but it's like you guys created a new Wall Street because like 2005 like, you know? to like 2009 ish, it was dead. Yeah, and all the shit was dead, and then in 2010, 11, shit just went the fuck up. And what people, like you said, what people didn't understand was like the people that around me didn't understand why. Why do that's like a, such a waste of money? I was like, we would buy like one, two, three pairs of each. Mm-hmm. So one, we rock. Second pair was dead stock. You might bust it out later. And the second stock, mm-hmm. the third one was like, you know, maybe you might slay it. Yeah. So I had, we, all of us had like rooms full of sneakers and all they do was appreciate. So, yeah. you know, I had a Jay-Z Air Force Ones, for instance, you know, the black joints, the lows. Yeah. A lot of people crack jokes about black Air Force Ones. Like, yeah. that motherfucker wear black Air Those Force Ones. Those were rare to get. <laughs> oh, yeah. But my thing is like, that shit to me, I don't know. To me, it was just like it was my favorite shit. Just like the culture of it, and the and the, and the fever of coming home or going to the shoe spot. You got to connect. And they meet you in yeah. the back. You know, like that kind of shit to me was more important than any type of fame or any type of you know accolades. Like that was for me my favorite thing to do. But it was almost right. like you know, like you could you could walk in a club. There'll be dudes like this is back in the day when you would have to dress up to go to the club. Even in Vegas, you'd have to wear shoes like hard bottom, dressing shoes. hard bottom shoes, button up shoes, shirts, yeah. button up shirt, right? No, no hats. You couldn't walk up like you do now. But when you saw someone and you saw them in certain kicks and in, in certain jeans and right. a certain thing, it's like only certain people knew what the fuck you was doing and yeah. that all of this shit. Like yo, he's wearing like three thousand dollars worth of shit right now. Yeah. But regular people wouldn't know that shit. See, and this, it's almost like hip hop yeah. too. It's like it's so hip hop. It's bro. so hip hop yeah. because it's, so it's like that's the difference of now. It's like 15, 20 years ago when you wore Supreme, I could literally buy that dude a drink and be like, "Oh shit!" Like you well, fuck with what I fuck with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Watch, like, even if you, you know? watch Beach Street or Rocksteady Crew and them, like it was about the Pumas. It was about yeah. the it was about yeah. the sneakers. It was about the the tracksuit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that shit is hip hop to me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to me, I love the culture of hip hop actually more than not saying more than the music, but the culture of it was. What was in all of us? So, you know, it was shoes, records. Yep. Um, um, and then I went from there and stopped collecting bare bricks. Like, yeah. that's a way more expensive version of sneakers. And that's and, expensive as fuck. Right, right. Yeah, but your collection we, is monster. Yeah, we got expensive. into that shit too. You know, it was like we started battling doing that shit. And them motherfuckers is like three, four. Who got, racks more, who got more bare bricks? You or Ben, ben Baller? Baller. Oh, ben yeah. Baller all day. At right now, he does. Back in the days, I've had two collections. So I had another collection. 
back in the days when me and him started battling. Yeah. Like, cause we went from that to from shoes to that. Yeah. And um, you know, those things like they fucking only thousand percent. And they really appreciate. That's what people don't yeah. understand. There's a method to the madness when you buy those things and you know, if you get them for retail, they fucking triple, yeah. quadruple, you know, five I've, times. I've sold a few uh uh, uh bear bricks, bro, and they're like they retail six hundred bucks, and motherfuckers are paying three to four grand for that shit. Absolutely. Wait, so, what's the most expensive one? The Chanel one. The Chanel one is like thirty G's, Jesus. uh, thirty five G's now. Back in the days, like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, you could have got it for three racks. You had that one? I I had it. I don't have it anymore. See, I sold my first collection. Wow. Because I got over it. I was like. And I, I had I had the cause four footers. Yeah. I was like, man, I already had all that. You shit. You were early on the game, right? Bro. I so I had I had like I had three cause four footers. And then I had 50 uh, bear bricks. Do you wish you still had it or not? The only reason, I don't really wish I had all of them, but the cause pieces I wish I still had. And if, and if, yeah, those cars yeah. go for like 50 yeah. or 60 Gs now. Bro. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. That's no, the, some of them are 100. Yeah, they're, they're 100 a piece. The one he had, I remember you used to put it on Instagram. It was the, the dissected one. Yeah. The big one. That's, yeah. I've never seen that in person. Yeah. The, the black one, that shit is crazy. It's crazy, bro. bro. So uh, I, uh, we were the first ones to really make like, Galleries of them shits, yeah, like personal galleries, like like a whole fucking wall of thousands of dollars of fucking bare bricks. Like everybody has sneaker rooms, but these motherfuckers make galleries like at the, yeah, like just the corner of the crib, and it, it was just like walls of just fucking bare bricks. And then what else? What, what's weird now? That culture is exploded. You know, like now motherfuckers like those things are it, like we used to get them. Like I got some of my cause joints for three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, now them shits is eight or nine grand. Yeah. Like you can't even yeah. go back and get them. Like the Pinocchio cause is like seven yeah. G's. I should retail like, for four hundred. Yeah. But how do you, how do you feel now? Because everything is so played out now, right? It's so wa- it's like, so played out. It's so washed, <laughs> though, right? Everything is washed, bro. It's I'm so washed. Wash. Everybody's no, I'm washed. Saying, no, I'm saying like the sneaker game and what it used to be, right? Of course, because it's, it's like it's the- not about the game no more. It's about it's about clout. You know what's funny? He's mentioning that one of the last times I seen uh, uh, Craig, he was at Riff and he bought the only 1985 UNC that was in the store, and that's all he fucking bought. Yeah. How much was he that? I think I don't know. He probably paid fifteen hundred bucks or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's and he got hooked up, but it's one of those things where he was going after the shit that nobody was going for. Yeah. And it was like the rare shit. A UNC nineteen eighty five is probably one of the rarest Jordan ones there is. Yeah, I love that shit. Like to me, like those are we always call those holy grail. So it's yeah. like if uh, if you don't care about the origin, or you don't care. Like to me, it's just like you guys weren't there then. So to me, this is special because mm-hmm. this is where it came from, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a. Almost, it dates you. You know, like, that. this motherfucker's kind of old. But my first pair of Jordans I got was in 85, and my mother bought them for me. Um, the all red Chicago joints. Yeah. Uh, the it was band it band was sixty dollars, and back then that was like I remember $300. when it first came out. That was a big deal. It <laughs> the was band like, one. Did you have one? Yeah. I didn't have it. Nah. Nah. But my nah. Mom, why not? Why not? I couldn't afford it. It was <laughs> right? so much. Yeah. Mom was like, I'm, was not like paying, I'm not paying that much money for no fucking sneakers. So that was the <laughs> oldest pair. That I mean, that was like you know, my mom got. I was like the only pair I got all year. Uh-huh. So uh, to go back to the to the DJ shit though, the homicide shit. Um, you know, then I started getting into. Uh, uh, you know, trying to DJ, you know, like I try to learn my craft and try to try to become dope at it, you know, like inspired by the Jazzy Jeffs and Tony Gonzalez, Joe Cooley, Cash Money, uh, New York Cats. I loved uh, Pete Rock. You know, I love them. Mm-hmm. I love. See, yeah. I really actually love radio DJs, mm-hmm. the hip hop radio DJs. Yeah, Pete Rock was dope on BLS. Pete Rock was so dope. Yeah. Clark Kent was really dope yeah. back on the radio mm-hmm. back in the days. Um, I used to listen to them cats, and then I come to LA, 
And um, and then the newer wave, the kids that were under me became like the beat junkies. They were like the next wave. Yeah, yeah. See, I used to be yeah. on Friday Night Flavors with the Baker Boys. They're the ones who gave me the shot in Los Angeles. They let me DJ for an hour every Friday night. And their radio show to me, even to this day, is one of the dopest hip-hop radio shows I, I have ever heard. I grew up to that heard. show. Yeah, that How was, dope was that yeah. shit? Like the vibe, the music, the drops, the 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 just everything was so hip hop. Like they had original hip hop songs as their drops, and so did yeah, like yeah. Funkmaster Flex and him. Like I remember when Primo did uh, a drop for Funkmaster Flex, and uh, was it? It was. And he used the Ten Crack Commandments mm-hmm. beat. It was Biggie. Yeah, it was Biggie on it. it was, and they used to play that in New York because <laughs> I was in New York for a year. What were you doing there? I was doing a Sugar Ray album. Okay, so you you were the DJ for Sugar Ray. DJ and I produced music. And producer for Sugar right, Ray. Right. Now, I got a question. Because yes, there's two different Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, homicides? Pers- well, no, there's two different sagas on how you got in the group. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say the two and tell oh, me yeah. which one's the right one. Okay, cool. So the first one is that Leto, uh, DJ Lethal from House of Pain, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. House of Pain uh, was, on, was originally on the first album for Sugar Ray. He didn't want to go on tour with them, and then he somehow linked you up with them to go on tour, and then you joined the group for the second album. Okay, what's the other story? The other story is that you guys were a group all together, and you guys were called the Shrinky Dinks? Some, there's, there's a little bit of truth to both stories, but they're okay. both false. They're both false. Okay, yeah. Okay. there you go, Wikipedia. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Because um, I was like, yo, DJ Lethal? I'm like... Yeah, right, so, that, so like- this is what happened. So back in the days, I used to be an intern... Uh, when I when I work with the Baker Boys, Friday Night Flavors, they were managed by a dude named Happy Walters. Happy Walters ran a label called uh, Immortal Records. Immortal Records had Funk Dubious. He managed House of Pain. Funk Dubious, wow. He yeah. he managed all that whole like Cypress Hill. I about to say that Cypress Hill. He managed Cypress Hill. Yeah. Um, and he managed the Baker Boys. So I would just go to his office all the time with them. Like, you know, we'd be doing production. Like, we got to go meet our, our manager, Happy. So I would always be in that office. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, House of Pain walking in, Funk Dubious walking in, uh, oh, Cypress shit, Hill walking yeah. in. Weren't they a crew? What was the name of their crew, right? They were like all connected. Soul Assassins. Soul Assassins. Soul Assassins. That's what it was. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just in there. I'm just like the only black motherfucker. And then there was the hooligans. The hooligans used to be in there too. The hooligans. The hooligans was um, Alchemist. Yeah, exactly. Alchemist and Scott Kahn. Exactly. So they yeah. were way younger than me. There's a whole other story about that shit too because that's how I met AM. I met oh, wow. AM at the Hooligans video shoot. Oh, wow. Oh, and the shit. Hooligans video shoot, AM was there with, with evidence mm-hmm. from Dilated. See, I thought yeah. you, you might have met AM going on tour with Sugar Ray and Crazy Town. Nah. <laughs> I, met AM, I met AM when they were young, when them dudes were... Uh, he was up there smoking weed. I was like, who yeah, is this was white like, kid smoking weed like 16 years old? That was like 15, 16 <laughs> yeah. at the time. Yeah, man. So uh, there was a DJ, my boy, he's kind of strung out now, but his name was Pen One. He was the hooligans DJ. And he was like my protege. And I'm mm-hmm. when I'm talking protege, I'm like only 19. Was this Pen One who Pen also one. was Exhibit DJ? Absolutely. Yo, that's my fucking man, bro. Yeah, yeah. Pen he's, One was like my little brother. He be walking around Fairfax just he's chilling. All, he's all fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but Pen One Pen was shit. a dope ass beat maker like me and him got mm-hmm. sp12s and me and him used to make tracks this is before yeah. i was in sugar ray mm-hmm. so uh i met am all them like the, the hooligans was like yo man we need some turntables for our video shoot can we use your shit so i was like all right cool i didn't know who they were but mm-hmm. i was just being cool so then i, I went up there to meet him and i sent my turntables with pin one so he was in the video with them he was their dj mm-hmm. he went on tour with him and all that and then that's where i met am alchemist nice. scott Kahn, mm-hmm. uh evidence and they were mad young 
So skip to skip forward a little bit. How this is how I got in Sugar Ray. There was a uh, an A and R that worked at Immortal Records. His name is Paul Pontius. Paul Pontius signed Corn. He signed Incubus. Mm. He signed like the, some of the biggest bands, and he's also responsible for putting me in Sugar Ray. Mm. So he had his finger on three gigantic alternative things in yeah. the late nineties. Yeah, you know, I don't. Corn is like you know, yeah. Corn is huge. That was big at this big at the time. Love Corn. Incubus was amazing. Yeah. All that shit. All that was all that shit yeah. was around there. So, mm-hmm. um, to, to 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 correct your story, Lethal did do some of the stuff, the production on their first album, but mm-hmm. he was in the House of Pain, dude. You know what I'm saying? So they were still popping at that time, and he was just balling. Lethal had the bands, the fucking mansion, like, he was just, like, chilling. So, wait, they made, he, House of Pain made money like that? Dude, for real? Jump Around? That jump around, jump around tour, they made tour money, Jump right? Around is, like, the biggest record ever still. It's still in every arena. It's still in every mm-hmm. football stadium, like, and they're touring, and they just had a lot of big records, dude. Like, they were just huge. They were humongous. Yeah, like that boom shakalaka boom. Yeah. They were just big. The man. They were big, dude. <laughs> like they were just gigantic. So Lethal was still doing that. And then um Sugar Ray was like, we need a DJ to like recreate some of the elements that he did. So Paul Pontius was homies with them. Yeah. And he and he approached me one day when I was in the office just walking around with the Baker boys and he was like, Yo, Craig. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, You wanna make some money off some white boys? And he was a white boy. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, all day, like where they at? You know what I'm saying? Like, point me to that shit. And he was like, he was like, he's like, he gave me this address. He said, go to this address and take your turntables and try out with this band. And then I went down there, and then a lot of good things and bad things must have came from that. Question absolutely, to different people. Yeah. yeah. Well, well nobody money off of some white boys. But he, but <laughs> who we gonna run up on? Yeah. So it was like, yo, you want to rob somebody? What's good, bro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, all day, Pastor yeah, yeah, still yeah, in yeah. So, um. He's the one who put me in Sugar Ray. I went to try it out with them, um, and they were we we went to a I forgot what they're called a rehearsal hall, and I just I DJ while they were playing, and we would go back and forth, and we just got this crazy chemistry. But they never knew that I made beats. Where they, are they? Were they? Because they're are they from L.A. They're Where from they? Orange County. They're from Orange Newport County? Beach. Yeah, the Newport Beach. And kids. y'all got along. I mean, does everybody get along? You know what I'm no. saying? Like, you know, every does all basketball teams get along or football teams? You know, like there's different personalities. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. there's always push and pull and, and, and all that shit. So yeah. um, that's how I got a Sugar Ray. And then we got a Sugar Ray. I toured the world with them for two years. And um, they were like, before that two years, I were, they were like, yo, man, we like, you know, I was like, at what point do you become part of the band? Right. And they were like, dude, like you've been with us for two years now. Like, you should be in the band. So we went to the lawyers when everything put me on the paperwork, put me on a, on a record deal that's and all dope. that shit. So then was I, this like before Fly came out? Or was, this? Yeah. I'm about to lead to that. I'm about to get to that. So after that, you know what I mean? After I had my like, you know, I had my like place and then I was like, all right, cool. So after we finally got off the road, I didn't have none of my equipment on the road at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, all right, whatever. Then we came off the road from Europe for like two years. We were in Europe for like two years straight. Mm-hmm. And then we came home and uh, we all lived together in one house because it was cheaper. You know, the record label was paying our rent. So we just stayed in this one big ass house in McCatton and uh, Hancock Park in Los Angeles. Oh, shit. One house, it's even in the fly video. That house is where we lived. And um, I would just be in my room on my SP12 just banging out beats, like making hip hop beats. So I was making shit for Chino XL. Like I, I produced some shit on his first album. Yeah. Yeah, I produced I some that. shit for Quest the Mad Lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I had a good friend who worked with uh, Rick Rubin at American Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His name is Dan Charnis. So Dan Charnis put me on with American Records. And um, 
the guys, you know, the guys, you know, they're musicians. There's a guitar player, there's the drummer, mm-hmm. and um, and the bass player, and they just heard my beats, and they were just like, "Yo, dude, what the fuck is that?" And they were just like, "That's fucking rad, bro. Like, what mm-hmm. is that shit?" You know, mm-hmm. dope, heavy hip hop beats with sounds coming out of here and there. You know, and I was just trying to make hip hop. Like, I wasn't tripping off of rock and this. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time we was just fucking around, and the bass player came in my bedroom, and he was like, he's like, dude, like. I don't know what that is you're playing, but it's it's really fucking rad. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> that's a that's a white boy response. Yeah, I like yeah. That imitation. Right? And, and I'm just like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, um, you know, I always wanted to, you know, because obviously, you know, being from LA, you know, we grew up on Dr. Dre shit too. Like, I yeah, got all of yeah. his mixtapes from the Rodium Swap Me. Like, I got all that shit. Mm-hmm. I listened to that shit. But Dre's production had live instruments. Yeah. yeah. So I always respected that shit, and I was like. Fuck it, man. Like, let's, let's, like, won't you play over some of my shit? Like, play, just play some live shit over my beats and shit. And then my bass player came in there and he just jumped on this one beat that I had and he just started playing the bass line to fly. It just came out like, and when he did it, we looked at each other like, shit is hot. Like, whoa, like, what the fuck did we just do? Once we did that, we started playing it for people in the house the guitar player, the drummer. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, this shit is fucking lit. Like, we ain't never heard no shit like this. Because it was like the first time, like, I kind of reverse engineered rock and hip hop. Like, remember when they used to have the guitars over that shit? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I took the guitars and reversed it. And, like, I was like, let's make it about the hip hop and then put the, put the like, guitars over the hip hop like this. It was done a different way. Because w- were they kind of like a ska band? No. No? Sugar Ray was like, it was a band with a bunch of different influences in it. Like, yeah. One guy was kind of ska, one guy was a punker, and the other guy was kind of reggae. Yeah. And then it was Mark was just kind of all over the place, and then uh-huh. the one that had a black hip hop guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so but no, but that was the one noticeable thing about uh, Sugar Ray is that yeah. everything had a hip hop, like a, had a drum, the it percussions on everything. Yeah, because that was like that was my influence. That was your influence, right? And what we and and and, and not to take all the credit, but they really loved hip hop. You yeah. know, like they would listen to Mob Deep. They would listen to all those shits because I had all them CDs. Because mm-hmm. another thing that we skipped over that I didn't even talk about was I was a, the DJ for the Alcoholics. I know. I want to, to, to talk about that. Talk about that. All right. So, bef- so they had heard me on that too. So they knew my background with that, and they loved Make Room. Like that was their record. Like yeah. they used to blast that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, make Room. You know. So. Um, a lot of motherfuckers don't know who the alcoholics are. Man, and how, Lixers, yeah. and Lixers, how yeah. important they are. The Lixers, because, man. Yo, them motherfuckers was fine. On the East Coast, we loved them, man. We used there to play that shit all the time. I knock them, knock them out the park when other rappers are hitting. Yes, them. sir. So, well, you know, so it was East, because uh, alcoholics is uh, J-Row, Tash, Tash, and E-Swift. And E-Swift. And E Swift was the producer, but he yeah. wasn't the DJ. No, and he was a DJ, DJ, but he was like, I don't want he he wanted to be out front because he did he did a lot of rhyming. So he they called me in, yeah, and then you because they heard me on the Baker Boy show too, yeah. So that Baker Boy shit just blew me up in LA, like it just gave me the stamp, like yo, call Homicide in, like boom. And then I went in the studio with them, and I did some production with them, and then I did some shit in them, but I didn't get any credit for it. Mm. And that's when things got a little like we all cool. But that's what made me not. That's what made me leave the alcoholics. Yeah. Like, that's what oh, made me wow. go do my own thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it was never any beef. But I was really disappointed when I didn't see my name on the album after yeah. working all over that album with them for months. 
Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. A lot of people thought that they were from New York, though. Because we were on, we were on uh, Loud Records. Yeah, Loud Records had Wu Tang Clan. Like yeah. people always thought that Cypress Hill was from El- was from New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they always thought alcoholics were from New York. Yeah, yeah. and the fucked up thing is there is a Cypress Hill neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. That's in, like in, the, in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So and then yo, alcoholics was the first one to sample this shit, right? No, no. Uh, EPMD. 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 That's right. EPMD. Yeah. EPMD. So. Yeah, Alcoholics was really a super hip hop. They weren't they were West Coast dudes, but they were very, very hip hop. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, definitely. So, mm-hmm. so then But New York fucking loved them. Like yeah. I remember growing up yeah. and I was like, I love that was, yeah. like we, were, yeah. we were always in New York. You know, we was yeah. always in New York. So um after that Wait, so, how did you link up with them though? Alcoholics? Yeah. Because I was wondering, because I know they were like King T brought them in, right? Because yeah. E Swift used to produce for some other dudes that I used King to roll T. with called Madcap. These kids called Madcap. They were on. A, they were the first group I, ever signed on Loud Records before. I remember dude. them. Yeah, but so those dudes went to high school with me. Oh, okay. In yeah. Pasadena, right? Wow. So Madcap was the first group that Steve Rifkin signed for Loud, mm-hmm. and then I was rolling with them dudes. And then you know the alcoholics would be at the listening parties, blah blah blah. And I met them there, and they was like, "Yo, I'm sorry. You know, we heard you on the Flat Friday Night Flavors playing our record. That's just dope, homie." Like, and then they was like, "Yo, come to the studio and like let's link." And for oh. me, it was a big chance to do anything in the in the in the in the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my first taste of the music industry was those cats, yeah. which led me to get in the Sugar Ray. So after that stuff didn't go that well with them as far as my name, like they never screwed me over, but they didn't put my name on the album. I don't even think they mm-hmm. meant to do that, or maybe they did. I don't know. I never held it against them, but I did move on. Yeah, there was just so much like I don't know, like no one was like educated in the business. No, not at all, like, yo, bro. Yeah. Yo, yeah. we're gonna give you this many I mean, points not on at the all. record. Didn't you know, that's, all, that's always the case, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah you're young kids. Album, like yeah. we don't know nothing about business. Like yeah. well, you know, even yeah. as grown men, a lot of guys don't know a lot about business. If you don't do business, you don't understand yeah. how business yeah. works. And then that's when I got into Sugar Ray, and then it led you know to the touring, blah blah blah. And then to get back to the story about Fly, uh, after we made that record, we played that record. And a record label went crazy and blah, blah, blah. And then Mark came in later and he was like, yo, you know, we'll make this shit over the top because he was always in my bedroom listening to Supercat, mm-hmm. Ghetto Red Hot. Like he loved that record. Like mm-hmm. we would always be blasting Supercat in the crib, you know, yeah. bitches over getting fucked up, play some reggae, play Supercat, <laughs> you know, play Kenny Dope. Like I would, all that shit, I would be uh-huh. playing all that shit. So yeah. he was like, yo, man, I'd be fucking gnarly and radical if we could get fucking uh, Supercat on the record. Mm-hmm. And our other, there's two, there's different levels of producers. There's writers and there's like Quincy Jones type of producers yeah, yeah. who overlook everything. Mm-hmm. So then the dude that produced our overlooked our whole album and produced our album, his name was David Kahn. He knew Supercat and he called Supercat and Supercat was like, "Cool, just give me twenty racks, I'll do it." Mm-hmm. And he jumped on her. And then once he jumped on her, it was just a mega hit, dude. Like that shit just we couldn't believe it. So the first time we ever heard it on the radio was on K Rock. You know what K Rock is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Me and uh, the guys we were sitting at our crib. It's you know summer, and it comes on. K Rock used to have a countdown, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like Carson Daly. You know who Carson Daly is? He's yeah. on T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to be on K Rock. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was our homie and shit. I'm about to say because he used to play that video on MTV all the time. TRL, right? TRL. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Non-stop. So yeah, so he um, he was like the first dude to drop that shit. He like dropped it and just blew that shit up in L. A. Like on K Rock, he played it every fucking night at five six p.m. Traffic. Yo, this shit is hitting by the beach. These wow. are my boys, Sugar Ray. Check this shit out. He would just drop fly, and it just kept winning the contest every night. And we, I remember the first time I heard it on the radio, I was just like, you know, I don't know if you guys ever produced a record or even been a part of a record, but to hear something that you created in, out of nothing mm-hmm. in your bedroom, literally in the bedroom, 
to hear it on a on a platform that big, yeah, it just fucking fucked me up. Like yeah. I was just looking at yeah. the radio, like, like fuck, man, <laughs> yeah. like, what did we just do? <laughs> that's not that, that. That wasn't what I thought I made. The first time that I really got fucked up about my career was when our 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 album went gold. Like you know, I didn't graduate from college. I went to college, but I dropped out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I never really won anything in sports. I played some sports, but I had never really accomplished anything in life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And when that record went gold. You know, and the whole album went gold. I, I, it fucked me up. Like I was just like, wow. Like I just felt like I was somebody. Be, you know, I, I justify me as a person, as a talent, and I was really fucked up over that shit. And then after that, it just kept going. Then I I got a formula, and then I started really like figuring out how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, then we made the song called Someday, and then we yeah, made I love that one. song. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite record we ever made. That's one of my favorite. It's just, it's just it, to me, that's just that's the favorite record I ever 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 touched, mm-hmm. ever touched. You know what I mean? And um, there's so many inner stories. And so. the drums on that, the yeah. drums on that joint. You know what's the crazy part about those shit. drums? Is, Let me play this joint. Yeah. That's three different. That's like three different drums going at the same time. You just layered three. It's drums. layered. Yeah. It's layered. Because when I make drum beats, I make them. If, I don't know if you can hear the vocal in the drum beats. Like rewind it back. Yeah. There's a there's a vocal in the drums. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah so. To me, I like layering drums with ambience, and, yeah. and it gives them character. So the snare and the kick are from God knows where. I, I took them off some hip hop record, possibly. Mm-hmm. The hi hats. You are hear from, it. You hear the crunch. You hear the vinyl. That's in that. something else. You know what that's I'm yeah. that's a different record. Yeah, that's the sample crunch that I put yeah, yeah. in there, and I layered the crunch in there, and then I put the vocal in there, mm-hmm. and then I put the kick and snare, mm-hmm. and then when I put it up in the studio, the motherfuckers are like. The beat is a hit. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, and I was just like, man, let's rock. And then you would yeah. just accent it with scratch, like drum scratches. Yeah, a little and bit. Because I never, because what was, you know, we hip hop DJs, we want to get our cuts on. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of records where I cut like real gnarly. I could yeah. bring out my computer. You could hear some shit I did on Sugar Ray. Where you're no, like, no, no, but the shit was musical. Like you made right. it. You made a lot of it records like that never made it. Yeah. I was going crazy with the cuts <laughs> and shit. But on 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 these records, to me, it was I was just trying to learn how to be a musician. Like they were teaching me shit I didn't know that a lot of hip hop motherfuckers didn't know, like mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. chords and timing and arrangement. Yeah. And they taught me all that shit. Mm-hmm. So. You know, then we made someday. Then I made uh, uh, there was another one every morning. You was you was kind of rapping on that joint a little yeah, bit. Yeah, every morning, and then every morning <laughs> fell out, and that was fucking humongous. And then someday the was video big. was sick. Every yeah. morning we was just crazy. Was, we were just clowns, bro. Like, and then the next, the last big record we had, we didn't even make it for us. Mm-hmm. Me and the guitar player made that track from Run DMC. Really? What, what was that? Which one was that? It's called uh, When It's Over. When it's over. Yeah, bro. That was our last big record. That was from Run DMC? We made that for Run DMC. So the story on that is uh, we play, you know, when you play festivals, you play with everybody. Yeah, yeah. So we played a festival and Run DMC was there. And, you know, I mean, Russ Run DMC. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's, yeah, yeah. to me, that is literally everything on earth. Yeah. The motherfuckers are everything to me. From culture to shoes to sneakers to poses. It taught us everything in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So, those motherfuckers were so down to earth and so cool. Like, they took me under their wing and took me into the studio. And I was in the studio with Jam Master J and Run. Jesus. Yeah. For two days. Mm-hmm. And um, they just telling me all kinds of stories, dude. Like, it was like, I felt like I was in Crush Groove. Like, the shit they was just telling me. Like, <laughs> like just so many stories. Like, yeah, we did this and this and that. And, and Jay was like, I did Peter Piper or the whole shits off turntables. And I was just like, what? Like, it just, like, everything that they were teaching me about the game like and um 
Run was like, yo, man, Homicide, straight up, I need you to make me a Sugar Ray record. I need you to make me a Sugar Ray record, straight up. Damn. And I was like, I will do anything you want. Like, I will, I will, I will make yeah, you the man. best record I could ever make. And um, I went in the studio, we flew back to Los Angeles, and me and the guitar player, Rodney, me and him are the ones who really came up with all the hit records musically. Mm -hmm. Like, me and him had the chemistry. Like, his guitars and my beats were just magical. Like, me and him actually made another record recently, like, long, another story. But uh, me and Rodney went in the studio, and we, and we dropped the When It's Over track, and we're listening to it, and we're like, <sighs> You got that? You got it? We was like, yo, man, this shit is about to be, Run DMC is about to be fucking good. Like, we just made him a banger. Like, this shit is <laughs> the most Sugar Ray sounding shit ever, but it's hitting. Mm -hmm. And our band came in the, into the studio that night, and the record label came in the studio. Uh, and uh, we, we said, yeah, man, we just made this shit for Run DMC. We're so proud of it. This shit is about to be crazy. And they're like, we turned that shit on, and they, hey, man. Y'all ain't giving this shit to Run DMC, man. Oh, really? This shit ain't going to them. Y'all got to keep this shit. Wow. You got to keep this for Sugar Ray, man. And we looked around like, wow. Damn, you serious? Like, I couldn't do Run like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he's my idol and shit. Did he hear it before? He never got to hear it. Oh, okay. He never, he never got to hear it. Yeah, so if you want it to the beginning, you can hear the same layer drums type shit. Like... So that's just me and the, and the guitar player. It's just drums and loops. Run. Yeah. <laughs> run, run. Yep. Oh, this was big too. This was huge. Yeah. No, this shit was number one on TRL, bro. I should just be at the crib seeing us on TRL. Like, I remember the video, right? It was like a like a Spanish theme or something. No, it was it was a bunch of themes. Like it was it was a kung fu movie with Bruce Lee. Okay. And it was a punk rock scene, and it was a new wave scene, and then it was us on the beach. Like it was crazy. This was our last big record. There's a lot of hip hop in it, though. It's just like yeah, yeah. We just really learned how to. Mixed the two cleverly, so yeah. Did you have to break it to run like, yo, man? Because you know of the, label. Oh, the first time this has ever been talked about publicly is right now. Yeah, wow. so I never, I never told Run. He never got it. What I ended up doing was a, a different record with Run. Um, and it was a, a, a rock remix of Here We Go Now. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So we did a rock remix of that, and then that that went on their album. But you know that was not what. You know they really wanted right because it was a it was pretty much like another rock box. Yeah, that was like their last album, right? Right, the and, Crown album. Yeah, yeah, and and they weren't you know it, they they were they rolled with it, but they if they would have got to hear the record that we made for them, mm -hmm. I mean I can imagine Run spitting on that beat like anyway. But thank yeah. God because that record goes to my publishing, so you yeah. know I get paid for that <laughs> shit. So, you know what I'm saying? I love Run, but damn, bro, I gotta get them checks every. He wasn't giving you that much money, right? So we still, live, you know, we still get money for them shits like 20 years later, which is unfathomable. Wow, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it's something you do when you're a kid, you don't think that it would last that long. You never yeah. would expect it. Um, and you know, like, I mean, how was that shit though? Like, what? I mean, it's very different. Man. Did it seem? Did it seem like? At a point where you're like, this isn't real life. Like this isn't oh, really happening. Absolutely. Like, like I'm sure you're going to Grammys, the Grammys and shit, right? You're just going to shit, and you're so young. I think when you're that young, because um, you, there's a lot that you don't know, yeah. so everything's just kind of like, you know, like you live in a bubble. Once you get that big and you start making that kind of money and you get that kind of fame, uh, you're treated different mm -hmm. and you move different. So mm -hmm. what I mean by move different is you kind of live in a bubble, any celebrity, Kanye, any of these people, everybody around him works for them. Yeah. So you don't really, 
deal with regular people anymore. You know what I'm saying? You just deal with people who work with you. You deal with the studio. You're in the studio. You're in a bus traveling or you're on TV or you're recording. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or partying. Yeah. So you don't really interact with a lot of people. You know, your life's like literally a bubble. Like, all right, man, we're going here. You get and on the plane. You get on the bus. You go to this spot. And your people's, mm-hmm. depending on who's working for you, they can close everybody out if they, they always want. do. They always mm-hmm. do. It's like yeah. um, you have your own yeah. kingdom. So your culture, however you want to live, is within that bubble. And it could be good. It could be bad. And you know? what, I have to ask you: uh, Did you get like any flack for being in Sugar Ray? Absolutely. Like, towards your hip hop. Absolutely. Hip-hop Absolutely. People, whatever. Yeah, they, like, you know, you get your dudes who was like, "Oh, that's just whack," or "That's yeah. corny." Mm-hmm. Like he sold out. You know, saying all this shit. Yeah. But I've always been really strong minded. Like I've always been like. That's stupid, bro. Like, if you like, I, I appreciate music, and I just wanted to do something different. Like, um, I could have waited around and tried to be in like a, a bootleg Walmart primo and shit, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that shit. Yeah, Walmart's my favorite shit for something that's kind of bootleg. Like, oh shit, they got Walmart Steph Curry coming in to shoot some jump shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, right while I was really trying to, you know, master my craft of making hip hop tracks, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got flack. I remember like I'm not gonna drop no names, but I remember getting a side eye from motherfuckers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like uh, you know, and um, uh, it's more like. But you had to leave the radio, right? Like you had, to, you were yeah, on the Baker yeah. Boys. I left, I left the Baker Boys. I left. You know, like um, I made a hundred dollars every Friday night doing that. That was my, <laughs> literally that. So I made four hundred dollars a month being on radio. They pay me out of their pockets. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying that's literally all the money I made. I was living on my homeboy's couch, you know, my boy, his name is uh, G Wiz, and G Wiz is the dude who introduced me to Q-Bird and all them motherfuckers and DJ Disc and, you know, all that crew up there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then Sugar Ray came along and then, you know, like, I got in the band and I took off. We just took off like on the road for two years. And then we didn't, re- we didn't make any money until after Fly though. That was like yeah, a, yeah. a yeah. long period. We were broke for, I remember putting 30 cents a, a, a gas in the car, you know, like, wow. and, and we were like t- on the radio, like, touring you know it was, it was it was how some, long did it take to get that fly money through <sighs> fly and then how much was how big was the first check see, the fly <laughs> yeah, the fly money the fly money start coming when the record starts blowing up you start doing a lot of live shows so that's when you start getting your money changes okay it's not so much the publishing money mm-hmm. yeah yeah the, the money starts coming in when you start getting big so anybody you see big that has a, a big record right now they're going to start getting the money for their appearances mm-hmm. even if it's a club or whatever then yeah. your money changes like you might start making like five, six hundred to a thousand. Because when you're in a band, there's five guys, so you gotta split that shit up, mm, yeah. you know. And then you start doing that, and then all of a sudden, you know, your price goes up. The bigger you get, your price goes up. Right. Yeah. So we was we would be touring, you know, going touring. We would make, you know, touring with other big bands. Yeah. You know, they'd cash us out. You know, we'd have to split the profit of that. How much would like y'all get in the beginning times? Like ten G's. Yeah, it, it started. You know, like we, dude, we used to play for five hundred dollars at a at a Dragonfly. Like oh, we, sure. we would play there on, you know, like happily for a $500 as a band, like killing it, like enjoying it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you start getting up into the fucking millions. You know what I'm saying? Like it just depends on your status, you know, your, your, your how big your records are, mm-hmm. you know, how, excuse me, how many people you can pack into an arena. And that's when your yeah. money really gets crazy. So you make money from that. And then you start making money from deals. Like you start getting deals for the band, starts getting you know, endorsement deals, yeah. you start getting, you know, maybe a Pepsi or something. How, how yeah. was that Scooby-Doo check, though? Scooby-Doo check was, like, <laughs> pretty cool. I ain't gonna lie about that shit. Like, you know, you don't really do anything. Like, you know, they you know, they just have you out there sitting on the set and you come in and do something stupid and they just pay you because your band's big. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole thing about it. It's like, people think, like, 
all these managers, some managers are geniuses, but when you're big, everybody comes to you. They want to promote you. Even like Kim K, like she's so fucking big. It's not. It's not like she's sitting at the home at home thinking of like master plans to make money. Yeah. People throw shit at her because she's popping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that hard to manage a superstar. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna get a ton of opportunities and in, in revenue. So that's where the money started getting crazy. And then you start doing publishing deals. Like you know, they're like, hey man, you guys got a lot of big records. We want to cash you guys out for an advance. And we start getting. That's when shit started getting crazy. And then you start doing. Of private events, you know, gnarly yeah, big money private events. Bar mitzvah, yeah. Bar mitzvah, yeah, like some billionaires, like, hey man, we give you guys like four hundred grand for two songs and shit. And there's just wow, five man. of you. You like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> for what? Two songs? We in there? For six and y'all gotta fly us out. Uh-huh. So that shit, you know, you just living in that world where you just kind of like, it's just, it's just different. So know? when, when was it crazy? What was the years that it was crazy that you were doing this? From what, what like, what is, what do you call crazy? Like, what's crazy to you? So I know, like, I think money you, crazy, I bitches think you, crazy, or just lifestyle crazy. Well, I'll, I'll explain. But I know you left in 2010, right? Yeah, I left in you left the band in 2010. Yep. So I want to know, at what point was it going crazy with money, touring, everything? But I want to know. I want to know you, about the bitches. Kind of, I will, yeah, <laughs> definitely want to know. Only black dude in Sweden with a rock band? You figure that one out. <laughs> shit was crazy. Motherfuckers beating on the door. You can talk to the band. Like, they'd be like, is Craig in the bus? Like, I'm the only black motherfucker in Sweden and we platinum? Craig! Craig! She was, <laughs> was bananas. Come on, gonna lie. Come on, inside this pussy. Yeah, because when we, we, like, we go to like that area, it's like the girls, like the white dudes are whack to the white chicks. They're like, eh, there's a bunch of white dudes here. So I was just like, delicacy to the motherfuckers like you know what i'm saying i was skinnier and cooler looking back then too you know what i'm saying like I was, but um yeah i mean no, well i want to know if you if you kind of wish you maybe like i don't ever wish i was back in that lifestyle no 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 i mean if you wish like because i know you were touring it was mm-hmm. so crazy you're so yeah. busy you're all over the world mm-hmm. but if you wish you like maybe did something in la and you kept it going mm-hmm. and you had something to like that you were kind of building along with all of this other shit you know, because I feel like a lot of other DJs, they blow up, mm-hmm. but they kind of also juggle like a resident, like a monthly party in their yeah. city and shit like that. See, you know I, what I mean? What I did with Sugar Ray was so different from what we all do. It was so mega. It was huge. Right. Yeah. And it's more of a, it's an entertainer and, a, and then you being in a band. When we do, we're the solo act. You're the solo act. When Crooked shows yeah, up to DJ, yeah. it's all about him for two hours. He's entertaining 1,500 people by himself. Yeah. You know, like motherfuckers don't know that. Like you're a legit entertainer, dude. Like you get paid to entertain people for hours all over the country, all over the globe. Maybe not me, but some. some no, of you do, bro. You be fucking, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, So uh, in that aspect, it's the same, but there's a lot more pressure on you as a DJ to entertain everybody. When I'm on stage with Sugar Ray, there's five of us. So the guitar player could jump in there and do a solo. And then we're all playing in unison at once. Mm-hmm. Everybody's watching everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When we DJ, motherfuckers are staring at us like the whole time, like, Hope you don't fuck up. You know, do what something. Saying? Yeah. yeah, drop some new shit. You know what I mean. So yeah. that's what's different about it. But the crazy, crazy years. There's different to me. There's different ways to look at what's crazy. Like there's fun crazy where you just was out of control. To me, some of the funnest years of us being really crazy were when we were broke. You know, because it was all about partying. Mm. You know, we didn't have any money, so we didn't under we didn't even care about that kind of shit. It was more about like how drunk can I get in Germany at 6 a.m. with like a bunch of fucking German bitches. Like that was making it to us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, oh, did I have a threesome in England? Or like, you know, that to us, that was like. That was rock star status. Rock star shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like to us, that was like, that was making it. Like we fucking, we didn't even think about money. You know, like then when you make money, it's like 
your life changes. Like you're like, you start taking life a little more serious because you don't want to lose what you've just done. So it's like yeah. you start being a little more cautious. It's kind of, but the crazy, crazy years for me with the money and the fame and all that shit, the MTV shit was like 97 it started to like 2003, 2004 where it was just ridiculous, like a whirlwind. We were just, and after that, our last hit record was when it's over. And after that, it started going, like it's a gradual decline. When you were in the whirlwind, did you think, Yo, this is gonna last forever, or you, you thought you, you feel like it, you feel like it, you know what I'm saying? So, it, it, but it doesn't, you know. It, it it starts to hit you, and you're like, okay, nobody's really fucking with our record no more. Like, or or the thing, the thing for me, what was complicated was I'm always me being a DJ, being like a legit DJ in the yeah, band. Yeah. That's what what always made our records cool to me is because I would bring what I was hearing in mm-hmm. the culture and try to uh, implement it in the music. Yeah. So when music started changing, even when we you know when we start DJing house out here, like yeah, body yeah. English days and all that shit, I tried to tell them like music is changing. We can't make the same shit anymore. Like we've got to evolve. And I started trying to you know put those elements in the records, and they didn't like it because they didn't respect that music. Right. Right. So the person that did respect what I said was Will I Am. Will I Am took what I told him. Yeah. And he took it like far as fuck that makes like, sense yeah, yeah, yeah. he took I mean, it to heart yeah so I, we were in Japan one time my band was playing in Japan I want to hear this convo yeah me and him was in Japan and um, he was on the bus we were all on the bus and um, like I said me and you we was all DJing out here you know Vice everybody playing Body English and all that shit and this is when motherfuckers start playing World Hold On in yeah. Vegas and all them type of records and shit and Fetty Legrand came out yeah. and you know and I was on the bus in Japan with the Black Eyed Peas and I was like this is where shit's going, bro. I was like, you guys are global. I was like, I'm sure you go into clubs out here and you hear house. And he's like, of course. And I was like, I was like, you know, N-word. I was like, you need to put this shit in your music. You need to like start fucking with this shit. And he literally took heed to what I said and he started doing it. Yeah. And they really did it. And he, he did it and took it far as fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then he also started DJing. But he, he listened to me. Like he was like, all right, man, like I fucking fuck with you. And that kind of was a wedge between me and my band because when he listened to me, they didn't listen to me. And then we started going separate, creatively going separate and ways. Then, and then you saw his formula working. You're like, damn. I, to, I told y'all, man. I you know what I'm saying? I got a feeling just one yeah, fucking I got a feeling. All them <laughs> shit. All those Boom, records, boom, pow. All that shit. All that shit. Me halfway. That, that exact era is when we went separate. And then that kind of started getting close to 2010. Yeah. And then we had some other issues where I was just like, you know what? I was like, it's just, I just don't want to be a part of this anymore. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't want. I want to do my own thing. So I had a residency out here back then. I was at Jet, and I was at yeah. Jet every Friday night, I believe. And um, that became an issue because I was on contract, so it would start to step on Sugar Ray shows. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, "Yo, we got a show coming up," and so on. So I was like, "I can't. I gotta play." You know, like I'm getting a certain amount of money per night. Like I can't. And I would even ask Jet. I was like, "Can I get this night off?" They were like, "Nah, bro. Like, you know, you're under contract. Like, you gotta honor mm-hmm. that date." Yep. You know what I'm saying? So. That became an issue, and I was at that point. I was just like, you know what, dude? Like, I'm doing cool how I am. You guys are who you are, yeah. I, and I'm just gonna go do my own thing. And then I was like, I left. I was just like, I'm good. I'm out. And I've just been DJing as a solo artist. You know, I call them solo artists because that's what we are. As, and that's where I went in that and the whole scam thing and whole thing with AM and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's so many, it's so many stories, bro. Like all the AM shit is deep and crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know what you guys want to know about that, but it, it, me and him had a really deep history. For he, sure, man. Uh, he's, sure. you know, he's like yeah. my little brother. I'm older than him, and he, uh, you know, he was just he was just a really good dude. Like a lot of people didn't know him. 
like I always say Fat AM because he when he was the bigger dude, right. that's the dude I fucked with. When he got all hot and had the surgery and shit, like, I was like, all right, dude, because things got different for him. When he got famous, me and him got into it. You know, oh, I told him, I said, real? hey, bro, you like, you acting a little different right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you acting a little different. And, you know, we, we got a little distant, but we were still cool. And, you know, like, I always told him because, you know, like, he was started making a lot of money. He was dating Nicole Richie. Like, I'm going to keep it real. Like, at first, he didn't want to date Nicole Richie. And I was like, are you fucking serious, bro? You know, like, you got dating. That's Nicole Richie, bro. Like, you serious? <laughs> but that shit really helped blow him up. Yeah. So, you know, like, it was dope when he dated her because I was, like, the only dude really around him daily. Like, everybody else kind of had jobs and this kind of shit. So I was in my band. You know, I was just fucking around, you know, yeah. my little cars and shit. I would show up in my dicky sagging, acting stupid. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, yo, dude, I'm at Nicole Richie's house. It's a bunch of girls over here, man. Can you, like, come over here and at least, like, even out the playing field and shit? And I go over there, it's like Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian, like. Pull up in the Ferrari? Yeah. Pull, oh, dude, I did a whole fucking bullshit. <laughs> I did a whole shit, bro. Like, you got so ignorant with this. Coming you know? in sagging, like, they see me on TV. Like, I'm like, what's good, y'all? Like, you know what I mean? Like, T-R-L. it was. All that. They, they saw me, I, I didn't have to even say nothing. They already knew, you know what I'm saying? I pull up. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was good. I come in, like, drinking, already fucked up, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it, that's how I met her. I actually met Kim K through them, you know what I'm saying? Like, I met her over there. She was super young, man. But wasn't he like the first DJ to date a kind of celebrity? Like he was the that, first that was in People magazine. You I, know think what I, mean? was, I think he was. I think he was the first to get noticed for it. Yeah. Um, and then you know, when he got his surgery, he got really good looking, and he just started popping off. That's when he like really blew up. He yeah. blew up. It's straight up, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and she put him in. He was always a fixture of Hollywood. Everyone was a fixture in Hollywood, but it was like the underground of Hollywood. Yeah. But he knew all the real folks. He knew everybody. He knew everybody that was important. But she put him. On, in, in, in the limelight, you know, flashes, paparazzi. He would be mm-hmm. walking down the street and then he started feeling that shit like, damn, like I'm on E Entertainment now because I'm walking around with her. And then mm-hmm. he just kind of blew up. And then as he blew up as a celebrity, because he was already a great DJ, and then you combine those two things, and then he just really blew up. Yeah. Because he was just great. And then he just like, he became a celebrity DJ. He was like the first celebrity DJ. Yeah. And he started doing, uh, uh, Coachella, like yeah. he was just like killing it. Yeah, he was yeah. just like mm-hmm. killing it, bro. So you know. hosting rare carpets. Yeah. She was, didn't she? Yeah. Yo, Nicole Richie had that show with Paris Hilton, like where they were like going yeah. to farms and shit. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck uh-huh. was that? That was the, they were like the first that was social. Like a big show. They were bro. like the first socialites. They were like the first Kim yeah, Kardashians. Yeah. They were the first girls doing that shit, mm-hmm. and they blew that shit up because they were from famous families. You know, obviously Paris, and obviously you know Lana Nicole. Vichy. Yeah. yeah, and they were they were famous Hollywood socialite girls who were popping in the city, you know what I'm saying? Like, people loved them back then. And then Kim yeah. came on. And Cause it was a big deal when I would see like AM, I forgot there was like a, I think he was on Punk or something, yo. Yeah, he was on everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was and on And I was punk, like, yo, yeah. I was like, oh shit, there's like a DJ on Punk? Like, I was like, it was just nuts. And then he was on Entourage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just great. like started getting oh, seen yeah. everywhere, yo. It was like, for all of us, it was like, we were all tuned in like, yo. This is the first time we've seen yeah. like one of us on like a TV show. And that's show. the whole Hollywood so, yeah. thing. That's what that's like why people move to Hollywood because they hope that happens to them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's but, a transplant situation. Yeah, yeah, you know, and Aiden wasn't from LA. He's from Philly, so he's not. A, he didn't come to Hollywood to blow up, but he, you know, that was just his. That was just his destiny. You know, his mm-hmm. destiny to be that dude. It's funny, yeah. like Hollywood's like a come up city, right? Mm-hmm. Where you want to come up on fame and shit. Yeah. yeah. And Vegas is like a come up on like money. Money. Like, motherfuckers come here to hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's fucking focus from male to female is to get to Vegas. And that's what we stack that, some bread. And I, I didn't. I didn't necessarily come here to. I came here. That's a big part of it because yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. But I came here for the lifestyle. I came here to live for regular prices. 
You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I got my little my little paper, whatever, but it just goes a lot further here. And yeah, at, yeah. at my age, it just makes sense. Like I really enjoyed it, bro. I went to the grocery store the other day and I dropped forty dollars and had like bags. Yeah, and shit. bro. Talk about <laughs> it. And that was in the, what, what grocery store you going to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple. Forty you know, dollars. I'm mean, at some bags, bro. There's a, there's a little Mexican rest. Uh, there's a Mexican store on Sahara. That's like right before you oh, hit the Decatur. Soup? Isn't that the Cardenas? Yeah, Cardenas. bro, you go in there, you Yo. can spend yeah. like fifty bucks in Cardenas. Cardenas. Yeah. I broke yeah. with that store. Mariana, Mariana, it's called like Mariana's. El Supra or some yeah. shit. Oh, El Supra too. Yeah, oh, those are three. It's a, it's a trifecta. So <laughs> I'm just saying, not everything's like that. Everything in Vegas ain't super cheap, but nah, I see what you're saying. But it's man. like just your money just goes a lot further here, bro. It does. It does. It, it does, goes definitely. a lot further, and it's like, you know, like I'll be honest with you, bro. Like I ain't paid nothing. I paid under like. $3,500 in the last 20 years in Los Angeles. Like, everywhere I've lived from the houses that I've lived in, the apartments, literally the last 20 years, just mm-hmm. everything is just so fucking expensive. Yeah. And to come out here to get shit that's half of that yeah. and nicer, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It was just, yeah, yeah. it just, just made sense space, to, A lot of space. It just made sense to me. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm sick of the traffic. And the Raiders are coming. See, yeah. everybody thinks that's why I really came here, bro. <laughs> Get into right, when I, when I heard, I'm like, oh, I see, I see his move. Yeah, motherfuckers, like, keep it real, man. You going out there because of Raiders? You huh? got to pay for the season tickets. I'm not gonna lie, like, yeah. that was pretty helpful. You know, like, you know, like, are you a Raiders fan? Or yeah, I've been a Raiders fan for like time. since '80s. So yeah. I think everybody born and raised in LA or is like at a certain Ra- yeah, yeah, because the Raider Raiders fan. they came to LA in the '80s, like early '80s. So my father had season tickets, so he mm-hmm. took me. To the Coliseum. Yeah, so even like you know how the Rams just came out there, they wouldn't let the Raiders come to LA because it would have been an issue for the Rams. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. LA is neither 49ers fans or Raiders fans. And it's more Raiders fans than anything. Yeah. You know, the Cholos are Raider fans, the gangbangers are Raider fans, the, mm-hmm. all the old heads is Raider fans. And so that's so, the union between everybody. You know, yeah, right? and then you got the other motherfuckers, like a lot of the real, real OGs are Rams fans because the Rams was out there first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh you know, but the Raiders is where it's at. Raiders, there's so many Raiders fans in LA. It's ridiculous, bro. Like, they got like from LA to the Bay. Now they gonna have, you know, they got the Bay. They got LA. If you go to a Raiders game in San Diego, it's seventy five percent Raider fans. Yeah. Maybe you go now. They about to take over Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it's just gonna be big. But uh, that's not why I came to Vegas, man. I came to Vegas <laughs> to, like I said, for the lifestyle. But um, you got that urban still. I want to talk about the urban sickle for yeah, a little we'll bit give you because the, I'll give you the origin on, before we move on, were you involved with anything? Uh, with DJ AM sneaker with Nike, I wasn't involved in the, in the design, okay. not at all. But I was involved in like the launch, and I was involved with you know like you know just because it came out after his passing. But. Yeah, I, I, was, I was just you know there's a lot of shit you know like his documentary. I wasn't really involved in that. Yeah, I chose to, that. I chose to stay out of it. Uh, I just for my own personal reasons, I I wanted to. Uh, I didn't feel like it was being done by uh, how can I say it? Uh, I'm not gonna say people aren't his friends, but. It, there's a couple of people that are very, very close to him that weren't allowed to be in that, in that, in that, in that documentary. Yeah. And I just chose to stay out of it. That was I just didn't want to be a part of it. So, so I have nothing against them. I don't have anything against the movie, but uh, it's it's I just I just wanted to keep my story with him personal mm-hmm. and about us. You know, what I'm saying like all the good times like that I had with him. I didn't want to. I don't. I don't feel like you know like all the keep it real for Am and all this shit like. To me, that ain't. That's not what I'm about with him. That's my boy. He's my family. He's my brother. Like, let him rest. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times it seems like to me, like it's a, you know, this might not go well. This might come back to haunt me and talk shit. But I just felt a lot of people was clout chasing my guy. You know, clout chasing his death. You know, a lot yeah. of people were gaining clout off of it. Clout off the events. Clout off the, you know, keep it real for AM or this or that and this whatever that. And I was just like, y'all didn't really celebrate him like this when he was alive. And it's not. I'm not holding it against him. But I just saw. 
people gaining clout off of his passing. And to me, I wasn't trying to fuck with that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't fuck with that shit. Like, he's, he, was, he was a very dear friend to me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I celebrate him. I was a pallbearing. I buried the dude. I threw dirt on his casket. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I held the dude down, you know. Uh, private funeral, like, it wasn't open to the public. So all these, a lot of people that, were in his, that weren't at his private funeral had a lot to do with this documentary. Yeah. So there's oh, so wow, it's like man. it's like his private funeral was like his real dearest friend. Close friends invited by family. his mother only. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So if she didn't give you the sign off, you weren't there. So I just kind of kept it like me the alchemist was there like cast like that alchemist wasn't really in it. Mm-hmm. His boy Kevy Kev, Kevin Wolf, he wasn't in it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like there's like people that I know that are really 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 close to that dude that weren't involved in it and I felt like I was like I was one of them. And I just kind of stayed out of it because they weren't in it. So I just kind of did my own thing and just stayed away yeah. from it. I don't have any ill will to her. I went to the premiere of it. I, oh, you, I, I, I was going to say, did you see it? Yeah, I went yeah. to it, but I came in really late. You know, I yeah. was like, like, I didn't see myself in it. But they never interviewed me. They never got my story. Yeah. Uh, the shit with AM is dope, man. It's, it's, it's deep. Uh, like you said, all the way from the sneaker shit to us practicing as DJs to us, you know, signing on. AOL instant message at fucking four in the morning after parties. Yeah. You know, talking to bitches, talking shit to each other. Was it hard to believe when he passed? No, not at all for me because because uh, you saw him three days before, right? You yeah, I saw him three days before. Me and him had lunch. We were just chilling, and he was like, "I at this point, I lived in Miami. I lived in Miami for six years." So I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I, didn't I lived know in Miami. Either. I lived in Miami for six years, um, and uh, uh, I was living in Miami at that point. But me and him just happened to be in LA. I was like, "Yo, I'm in LA. Let's get some food, bro." There's a there's a picture of us that I have. And we just uh, we 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 had lunch, and I never saw him again. Um, so he uh, he went to New York. Uh, you know, he used to confide in me, bro. He used to tell me dark shit. Like he was yeah. like, "Yo, man, it's like sometimes I don't want to be here, bro." You know, I would talk him off that ledge. Like, "Yo, man, I, you good, man? Like everybody fucks with you. Everybody loves you. You're a great dude. Like you got the best spirit. Like we, you know, you got nothing but love." But people have demons. You know, he always had those demons. He had demons about his weight. He had demons about drug addiction. And when he told me that he was doing that show, I immediately was against MTV him. show, right? I was like, you don't need that. Like, don't do that. And he was just giving back. That's who he was. He was just giving back to the people that went through what he went through. Right, right, yeah. Because he always felt he needed to do that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that drug him back down that dark alley. That was the beginning of it. And then he got on airplanes because he wanted to still DJ. And after the plane crash, right. that shit just really mm-hmm. fucked him up. And the only way he could get on planes was the, the take some, mm-hmm. and it just kind of drug him back down that whole shit, and then I don't know. I guess he something he broke up with some girl, but I always I always kind of felt like he was going to do something like that, just from the way he talked to me, you know, in, in the middle of the night. So because yeah, people, some people that I speak to about this, they think it was a suicidal, it yeah. was an overdose. Yeah, and my personal opinion of it is is something along those lines. I mean, obviously we're not forensic motherfucking yeah, 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 scientists yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit, yeah. but just just from the conversations that I have from him, to me, it was a possibility. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll never forget I was laying in my crib in Miami, you know, just laid up watching TV and my phone rang and my man were like, yo, you know, AM passed away and I was just like, wow, like damn. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit is just crazy. So, you know, um, I look at death a different way. You know, I've had a lot of a death around me. Uh, you know, my father, some of my good friends, AM, you know, a lot of family. And uh, it is, it's, it's, it's sad, but to me, people take death personally for themselves like they they look at like if you if somebody dies you're close to you look at it like you lost somebody right but they lost their life you didn't lose your life you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying what you got to do is celebrate all the dope shit that happened with them in their life like i lost my father but all i could think of is 
him taking me to Raider games, him taking me to Laker games. The and good times. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it's like you got to celebrate people. You know, the impression they made in your life. Well, yeah, what, yeah. what makes you sad when somebody dies that you don't get to kick it with them no more mm-hmm. or you don't get to see them no more. So it's almost a little selfish. It's all personal. It's, it's very yeah. selfish, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying people shouldn't be sad when people die, but it's all self-centered. The, 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 the sadness is self-inflicted, self-centered. It's selfish, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I just learned when AM died, obviously I was sad, but you got to look at the legacy. Like, yeah. you know, the dude's legacy is bananas. You know what I'm saying? I got thousands of pictures of us doing dumb shit. And they're like, all the memories. Like, one time AM, uh, you know, this is when I was balling. You know, I had mansions and shit and cars and shit. <laughs> and, um, you know, AM wasn't, he, he wasn't AM yet. He was still big AM doing yeah. clubs for like five, 600 in LA. And uh, he came over to my house one night and he, 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 he lied to me. He goes, hey, man, can I borrow your, uh, your Denali? You know, like, hey man, you know I got five cars. Go ahead, just take that shit. You know what I'm saying? But he had he had a little he had like this little Chevy truck, and he had this really cool sound system in his truck. Yeah. And I used to always compliment him on it, and I was like, damn man, your sounds is fucking dope, bro. Like, was that GMC truck? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was his GMC truck, and and then he um he came over. He it was kind of weird weird to me that he wanted to borrow my truck. You know what I'm saying? But he was like, oh my shit's in the shop. Can I borrow your shit? And I was like, you my dude. Like, take my truck. You can have it for like a month. I don't care. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the dude, for no reason, took my truck and took it and installed his exact sound system in my truck. <laughs> Damn, when dope. he wasn't popping, you know, he was making like five hundred a night. That's dope. A night, so it was just he went down Central and Twelfth and just hooked yeah, shit he up. just hooked my shit up. I came back, <laughs> he installed the cameras in my shit. Like when I could back up, I could see the cameras and shit. It's just shit like that, bro. It's like, damn, man, like that's beyond some homie shit. Like you just saw what I enjoy. You didn't even ask me, but you just wanted to see me happy. Yeah. No matter, even if I had way more money than you, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I got off the road with Sugar Ray, the first place I would go was his house. It's the first place I would go. I would come home, go sit at his house, sit on his couch, and just kick it with him. Like, because I wanted to get away from the crazy shit. Kicking it with him comforted me. It made me feel regular. You know right. what I mean? Like, it brought me back down to earth, and I could just go with him and... Go to Wule Oak. I don't know if y'all know about Wule Oak back in LA, yeah, but it was the Korean, Korean barbecue. Know, this yeah. one in New York. Alchemist what? loves that shit. Yeah, this New, York, one in New York. Yeah. New York. So we used to love that. I was our yeah. spot. We wow. was always there. Wule Oak in uh, New York was like, yeah, it was like the OG barbecue. Yeah. It was a spot, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that was like that, that's when like the people that really didn't know what was up with Korean food yeah, yeah, got mm-hmm. to get up on Korean barbecue. There's obviously way better places and way more OG Korean places, yeah. but that was kind of like the Hollywood. Yeah, that was our first taste of that. I remember the Alchemist. Uh, he had his own. Chopsticks there, so that evidence. Evidence. Oh yeah, if you was real, you had your own chopsticks. Like they had your name on them. Like they used to do you like that in there. So we was always in there, and that's the things that I enjoyed. Like uh, I was always a really down earth dude. Like making money and being famous never really fucked me up. Like as far as I never got acted different with my friends. Uh, if anything, uh, it brought me closer to them. You know, I, all my boys, I shared everything I had with them. They stayed at my house. They fucked their bitches at my house. They drove my cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys could do whatever you want. You know, let me share this shit with you because I know you're probably not going to get to experience this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And it kept me grounded. It made me feel better to uh, be around my friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of times that bites you in the ass, though, you know, because your, your friends can come back to haunt you because they expect things from you. They, they, they extort you. Uh, you know, like, oh man, why didn't you, you know, you blew up, man, you should buy me a car, motherfucker, you right, know, right, shit right, like right. that. Yeah. But I had a good people around me, they never, I'm not gonna say some people didn't take advantage of it, but, you know, like, the the core, my core friends were very, very cool, and, you know, we just kicked it, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, I took care of everybody, uh, and just because I wanted to, you know, like, that was, that was me, so, you know, like, Ben Baller, like, before Ben Baller blew up, like, he used to have my cars, like, I would give him my cars, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you meet Ben Baller? Shoes, shoes, and being, being around LA DJ scene, a lot of people don't know that Ben was a DJ. You know, Ben was doing just like I heard, us. I, heard I hear him that. talk about that shit no, all the time, dude, and, I, and, and I never believed him though. Did, no, no. Ben, <laughs> ben not believing Ben is part of the game. It's kind of you know. Yeah, yeah I heard he really motherfucker. But I heard he was like involved with like Jay Z signing out of porn some shit like. He that. was involved in the record. Like he has plaques for that shit. Like Priority Records, bro. Like he was there. He was A and R. He worked with. Dr. He worked with Dre, right? He worked yeah. with all the motherfuckers, bro. So he was heavily involved. Wait, wait. He got Jay Z signed. What? Or he was involved with something that like he almost signed Jay Z, but. Or he was about to sign Jay Z, but somebody didn't want to pay fifty thousand a month for some mansion for Jay Z in L.A. Something along those lines. I remember I read something. I heard something with Ben Ballard. Yeah. So Ben is Ben is like always been an OG fixture in Los Angeles. Very tied in with you know at the culture. Very tied in all the way from the gangs to the hills. You know, like he's from just lost into yeah, the hills. Yeah. Yeah. He's just always been tied in, even when he didn't have nothing. He's just always been that dude who fucked with everybody. Like he's a very social dude. So this is before like his his. His family had like a jewelry business or some shit. Yeah, so I mean, um, I don't really know much about the family jewelry business. Yeah. I know that's part of his thing, but no, the jewelry came. That shit came way later. Like even when we were collecting sneakers, he wasn't fucking with that shit. That was like way later. But I met him just around town. You know, like he used to DJ this club that was like the most Hollywood shit ever. Like everybody would be in there from Brad Pitt, Ro- uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like everybody in Hollywood. Uh, you know, like would be in there, yeah. and it was like exclusive. Um, and he used to DJ that shit. It was like the illest Hollywood. And back then, back then in Hollywood, it was dope because all the celebrities would go out and party, and it wouldn't be no regular people in there. It was just like really exclusive crowds. And if and it, what it, club was that? I forgot the name of it, man. I forgot the name of it. And it wasn't bottle service. There was no such thing as bottle service. Yeah. So it was just like who you know, and they let you in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we were. I was in Sugar Ray then. Um, uh, I'm not saying I met him before that, but when he was DJing that club, and we weren't shit yet. Like, we were all broke, but they would let us in because we was Hollywood kids. So it was like, if you was in the Hollywood scene, they would just let you in. And um, so, you know, we just got close over. Like, I see him DJing, and then, you know, one time he uh, he actually ended up selling me a pair of shoes. When I first got really close with him was he sold me a pair of shoes. He had, you know, the Atmos Air Force Ones? Of yeah. course. So he's like, yo, I got an extra pair, man. I'll sell them to you. And I went over, I went over his crib, and then we just chopped it up, and we just hit it off, like you know, what I'm saying, like, cause like I knew him before then, but it was just like, what up, boom, boom, see you here and there, boom, boom, I seen you at a Dre function, blah, blah, blah. And then th- that day when he sold me the sneakers, like I was like, that's when he became like my brother, you know, what I'm saying. And after that, I was always neither at his house or AM's house, you know, just when I come off the road, I wasn't even in his bed. Like he would come on, I'd be in his bed watching TV, like. Like what's good? He was like, dude, what, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? You have a mansion. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, Craig, I'm over here. here. Yeah, I'm at your crib though. Like, so what? Like, shoes off. Like, yo, you ready to get some food? Let's hit Wooly. Oh, whatever though. But uh, you know, I just I just like being around my boys. You what, know, like, what made him stop DJing? Do you know? He just started doing other shit. He just started hustling. You know what I'm saying? Like, just doing all kinds of different shit. He's always a hustler. Ben was always a hustler. He always found a way to make money, do some kind of shit. He stopped DJing. Um. Uh, and he and he started. I don't know what he started doing after. I don't remember. Uh, he's just done so many things. Um, I was just kind of going my own way. He kind of doing his own thing. Uh, and then he it's just. So cra- it's so crazy to like see like a. He's like a self-made celebrity. Literally. Yeah, self-made. yeah. I like he like branded himself. <laughs> yeah. He made himself pop. He made himself pop. I never seen anything like it. And now he's like, like you know, now when I see him, it's like if you walk down the street with him, it's like too much. You yeah. know, it's like it's almost uncomfortable. Like me and him would do a Dodger game. Like we couldn't even get to our seats. You know, he's at Complexicon the other day with Mirakami and shit, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's just like, oh no, and I just, like I said, I just, 
I just did a deal with him and this other company called Quantacy, who they work with a, a lot of big celebrities. And, uh, you know, so I'm helping him push his platform to another level, his his podcast platform. Yeah, he just launched that podcast yeah, like yeah, a so, month or so. Right, right? so yeah. like I said, yeah. anything no, I can like, do for y'all, let me know. earlier this year. Definitely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just I'm just here for, uh, I, I like culture. I like to help motherfuckers that, that, that further culture. Uh, I, I think that's what, what we need. I think it, it feeds the people the right things. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that's what I'd rather hear and rather see pushed, you know, this. So, um, you know, it's, it's crazy. So anyway, so to jump into the Urban Sicko shit, yeah, Urban Sicko came from. I've had an issue with homicide. Let me let's just clear this up. So homicide has been actually been an issue for me in Vegas is where it started. Yeah, I remember Vegas was it had an issue with my DJ name where they didn't want to put it on the marquees or billboards or billboards. So it became an issue with certain venues, mm-hmm. and then. But it was it was a little crazy because you would you would you would land into Vegas. And you'd see a like they used to be just billboards of like you know a lot of DJs yeah yeah like AM mm-hmm. AM Saturday at at uh, at Rain or something yeah. and then it would be Homicide Fridays a, a Jet yeah a jet. But it, it was, the Homicide was like yeah. the <laughs> biggest shit no, yeah. no like, picture of him probably yeah no what, what year was this it was scary, 2008 though. it was like 2007 yeah. nine eight or nine eight or nine, nine. yeah but it was yeah. like well, you used to DJ with yeah, me yeah exactly yeah. You used to mm-hmm. DJ with me so yeah. it would be like Homicide but it wouldn't really explain nothing. Yeah. So it's like little, you, you little DJ on the side of it. Yeah. You can have like genocide. And, uh, and like, other, <laughs> it just became murder. An issue. It just became an issue. And that's when I first started realizing the name was like, you know, and then as you get older, you start growing out of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I, it's not like I'm not proud of who homicide was. But as I get older, like just the name, I understand what it means beyond the fact of being a DJ. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if I walk in Master's Steakhouse, a motherfucker's like, Yo, what up, homicide? You know what I'm saying? And the whole fucking steakhouse turned around and said, homicide, like, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I just grew out of it, and uh, I became a hindrance business-wise. Uh, I couldn't go sit down at tables with people and, and conduct business with the homicide. Like, they were like, who's meeting us? The like, LLC is homicide. Yeah, so <laughs> as I grew, I just kind of grew out. Of it. I'm not growing out of who I am. I just grew out of that name. Uh and, um, Do you think I, it's also a bad stigma because you're, you're a black, black guy? You're a black dude, right? Uh, I don't think so. You don't I, think so? I, I think, I mean, I'm never going to say that's never an issue, that being black's never an issue. I'll never be stupid like that. But yeah. I just think business-wise, you know, like if I own a casino, I wouldn't want homicide on the fucking marquee. Right, right. Come on, you know what I mean? Like you get like some vanilla-ass family coming from Nebraska and shit, and they're going to be like, Looking up at the, you know, when you first walk in and see homicide in the front of a billion dollar casino, like that's not going to work. Yeah. As I grow older, I don't think that would work. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't do that. So uh, that's why I kind of stopped using it. I just wanted to kind of use my own personal, my real name yeah. uh, on my social media. Um, so I, I made it just Craig Anthony. Craig, uh, my real name. And uh, my last name is Bullock, but my middle name is Anthony. So I just, to be different, I just put Craig Anthony on my. On when my, did you change that shit? Like in. Uh, like 2014. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna I, say it was like 2014, and then you know, like, what people don't really know is I've always been like an out of work comedian. I've always been like a class clown. I was class clown in high school, so I've always fucked around with comedy. I've always been a a clown, mm-hmm. and um, that was just a different way I could express myself. You know, like I would always find the funny content and shit that made me laugh. Yeah. I just start putting it on you know the Craig Anthony page because. You know, social media. I, I don't really, I don't really care about accolades. And, and Ben said he had a problem with. It. He's like, dude, you don't really talk about the things that you have accomplished enough. But I don't give a fuck about that shit. I feel like I accomplished it. I mean, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. So it became fun to me to 
to share content and find funny things. And then my page started growing because of that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, because you you, you would yeah. basically like you would like repost like random memes or videos. And then I would remake them. I would make my own yeah. and I would like put music to new shit and I would like start doing my own edits. Yeah. And it became yeah. it became like a whole new vibe for me, like yeah. DJing. Like, but you were like the first dude to do that, like the first DJ to like do that and, become, yeah. and become like a world star. Kind yeah, of like yeah that. they call me the Walmart world star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was with Craig Anthony, then, you know, that was my real name and I started, you know, I started putting some like crazy shit up there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shit got a little racy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then I was like, damn, I should take my name off of here because now for business, like the things I'll do and say like stuff with like Ben and the quantity companies, like they can't, they can't fuck with that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They got to use my real name. Is When I sit down at the table with another big company, this is Craig, blah, blah, blah. So I took my name off of it and I put a character up there of me, Urban Sicko. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was like, what can I call him? I was just like, I'm just naming him Urban Sicko. And you know what's so funny? Like, when I started following you, mm-hmm. Urban Sicko, I didn't even know it was you. I thought it was yeah. like someone else. Right. I thought it was like maybe a homie or yeah. somebody that you recommended. Right. And, like, and I, so I just made a character of it. And then when I turned him into Urban Sicko, that shit just started flying. It's like, it's me. Like, it's a caricature of me. It's a, a bit emoji of me. It's a bit emoji of me, but people- Wait, wait, but break it down. Because you had a lot of followers. You were yeah. building a lot of followers. Yeah. And you had, like, industry motherfuckers, like, yeah. following you. Yeah, no, for sure. And But it was, like, weird because it was Craig Anthony. Yeah, and then I just flipped it, like, uh. So, so, so how many a followers Craig, did you have at Craig Anthony? Craig Anthony had, like, 35,000. And Urban Sicko would start getting, like, 80,000. 80,000, yeah. And then they deleted the shit. Oh shit! What, 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 because people were reporting you, right? I don't know what happened. It wasn't. It, what, I honestly don't know why I got deleted. Didn't you get deleted because you used to be private, and then you opened the floodgates that oh, yeah, anyone was, could follow you? Private, you know? I but I was private because that's that's why it just like that's what allowed it, you to post some like. Sick no, it didn't. Uh, it didn't uh, because didn't. The, if you're private or not, that doesn't keep IG from you. Like IG can see everything you do. Mm. So. Uh, I don't know why I got deleted. I still don't know why I got deleted. Somebody said it was some kind of copyright shit. Uh, made it like maybe a, a song or something. I don't know. But some kind of some they were, what they're trying to do is cut down on all the urban pages like that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the World Star. If you look at World Star, they don't post anything like that. It's not World Star. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like their website is World Star, but their IG page they had to stop doing it. You know, there's a lot of lawsuits. There's a lot of bullshit happening. So. Uh, they took that shit out on me, but I had another page. You know, like, like my company page was already big, which is Raw Comedy Network. Raw Comedy Network is a company that I have with Quantacy, who's the the company that's behind Kevin Hart's LOL. So yeah. they're turning Raw Comedy into a form like LOL, but it's going to be a lot about younger content, like the younger people on the internet that are funny. Yeah. So I'm turning the comedy shit into a business. So what happened was when they deleted my Urban Sicko page, I already had my Raw Comedy page, which was already big. You know, like it's almost at a million. But so you was I, tight, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I was cool because Urban Sickle had his own shit. So, what but I you, just, I know you had to be tight because you was absolutely. killing it for me. Absolutely, absolutely. It was just it was flying off. It was creating his own thing. So, I just moved Urban Sickle over there right now. I might still try to get the other page back because it's gonna and now it's gonna cost money. It's gonna cost money to get it back because mm. or whatever that, you know. So you know you got all the, I don't know the hacks or whatever and the people have their little inside relationships with. With in, with uh, IG that want fees to get your page back, or, or otherwise you gotta wait till IG gives it back on their own time. Because I the, I I was like I was low key not hooked, but I would be like if like you know if I didn't if I had a you busy, got nothing to do you just check my shit out. If I had a busy day, 
like, and I get, went on Instagram, I'd be like, all right, what, let me, what, the, what did Urban Sickle post? Yeah, what did Craig no, Anthony no, post? Let me get away from no, no, If I had minutes. a bad day and I need a good laugh, I yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. No, because I, you know, I, you know, I just was like, you know, and it was it was pretty ghetto. You know, it was like, it was like ghetto humor. Yeah, but you was yeah. tapped in, you was tapped into some of the, some of the, uh, some of the, like, the groupie shorties who did, like, the lowdown shit, right? Yeah, man. You was, you yeah. was tapped, like, you followed so a few the times. Baddest, Yo, the, you, the baddies were all over my page, bro. Yeah. So, like, no, there was like, a few times, there was a few times I was, I was hanging out with this one chick in particular. This was years ago, like, six, seven years ago. I was hanging out with this chick, and then out of nowhere, like, a week after I started hanging out with her, I started seeing this motherfucker's name just start linking up underneath her shit. Yeah. Like liking her shit, commenting on shit. I'm yeah. like, oh, I gotta back off. Yeah. Like, nah. nah, but see, the thing is like, it's, that's what's the funny thing is like, if, if the motherfuckers who are fucking these bitches, they not leaving comments. They ain't liking the pictures. Yeah. They don't want nobody to know that they fucking them because they yeah. got other bitches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you don't, <laughs> you like, you don't leave comments. I don't like any chick that I dated, I don't even fucking follow her. Like, I don't care. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't want yeah. that connection because everybody can tie you to her. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you just like, you back off. So all those girls are like my homegirls. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying some didn't like me or some did, but whatever. But I just knew like a lot of girls were on my page. Like, yeah. like IG chicks, like the baddest chicks. And they just had fun. Like it was, it was kind of like toxic masculinity, like the, the shit that I was posting. But it was funny to chicks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, some, some girls were like, Really coming at me like yo. Well, now, nah, but you was posting some like hot girl summer like sassiness too, oh, like yeah. all of that shit. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I post shit, you know, like I had to do you, that for yeah. the chicks, you know what I'm saying? Because they like, were posting some, they was posting some real shit. Like, I, it's funny, you know, was it, it's, if you can't laugh at yourself, and I'm yeah, saying yeah. myself in as general, and I'm also saying myself as us being men, yeah, you can't laugh at some of the corny shit dudes yeah. do. You gotta laugh at that shit too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. so, and that's I, the thing is that you always the the way you curated your page, yeah. You would just ask questions like, is this what y'all motherfuckers are doing yeah. right now? You know like, why? Because you know, like, to me, that would get the best reactions. Like, that's yeah. how you get people to interact on your page and you get the engagement. Yeah. yeah. So, um, a lot of it was a relationship shit. Because to me, relationship shit relationship is the funniest shit. Or yeah, like that's your works. Girls playing dudes. Or yeah, like, yeah, that's the funniest know. shit, though. That's, like, that's what I'm saying. That was, was my bread and butter. You know what I'm saying? Because it gets people like. He was following like all the side chicks in LA. He bro. was, bro. Absolutely. You were tapped, I'm in. You. tapped. You were tapped yes. into all the side so chicks. Bro, you don't even know. Like, like the my major D side chicks. My, t my, t my DMs was crazy. Like. <laughs> My fucking It was elite, bro. And then my boys, you know, all my boys would be in my comments literally shopping for pussy. Like they would like hit up every chick that I knew. And the chicks see what they don't know, the chicks would tell me. Like, yo, yo, what's up with your boy? Like your boys in my DMs. You know, he's trying to like fly me out and shit. He's like, he don't even know me. I'm like I'm like, yo, he gotta chill. Like I said, he's done that with like a couple chicks, you know what I'm saying? Like so I, all the dudes that was in my DMs, I know exactly who you are. Like I know all the chicks like you try to hit up, the chicks tell me everything, you know what I'm saying? So you know, it, I'm not gonna lie. It was really fun, like to have that rapport with women, even though I was talking a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have that rapport because, you know, if you make women laugh, you're good. Neither you got money, yeah. you got a big dick, or you got whatever. But if you can make them laugh, it's the same shit. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I, I made women laugh, and they just fuck with me. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? They just want to hang out and like you see them in person. They're like, oh, you're fucking stupid. Uh -huh. I guess you know. And the next thing you know, yeah. You, you know, you know, you, yeah, yeah, things yeah. start happening. Yeah, yeah. And shit. <laughs> Have a few drinks, you know what I'm saying, and get real social, you know, yeah. make relations and shit. So <laughs> that's what I call it. I love this guy. <laughs> make fucking relations. Make relations. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like, uh, it's cool though. We're at a good spot right now. Like now to get into Urban Sicko, uh, it made sense since it was a character. My business partners were like, I think you need to t turn Urban Sicko into something more than just an IG personality. I was like, you need to, you need to brand him, and we can make him. You know, we want to do actual 
shows for the dude. We want to do content for him. We want to. What we're working on is making Urban Sicko a uh, a urban version of kind of like South Park, and it's going to be the main character is going to be about my life. Urban Sicko is a DJ, a struggling DJ, and it's going to be literally my story of how I tried to come up and be a DJ with Asian, Mexican, all types of yeah. my like everybody I grew up. I've always grown up around multicultural shit. I yeah, went yeah. to high school with white kids, Asian kids, black kids, so that's always been who I am. So that's what's going to be in an Urban Sicko show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be like content. I don't know. It might, it's going to be like a South Park ish thing. So we're working on that right now, and then I'm also working on real music. You know, I jumped back in the lab. Uh, producing shit and I'm working with some other cats so I got one record right now I got two records that I really really like so what the music that I'm doing um, uh, I don't want to be like a just straight up hip hop dude because that's never been all of who I am I can't really front on my musical uh, my musical how do I say it uh, taste my musical taste and, 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 and my musical accomplishments yeah. so uh, it's it's going to be open format but you got a really good ear for like uh, like Pop music, yeah, top exactly. forty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so like, um, but the question is, is nowadays, is what is pop music? It's it's yeah. what's good. It's good. It's it's great hooks. It's 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 really good music. Uh, mm-hmm. When I say music, I'm talking about instrumentally. Yeah, and uh, us being DJs, we have an edge over a lot of people. You know, we sit in the clubs. You physically see what's working literally every night with right. your eyeballs. You hear it. You see what people love. So we've always had that, and that's what I brought to Sugar Ray. I used to see it. I was like, this is what people are fucking with. You know, if we add this, these elements, you're going to be right in line with these people. So, But do you think hip-hop actually goes in that category of pop music right now? Hip-hop I, is pop. It's the biggest music. Yeah, I know. I, I agree that it's biggest pop music, but I feel like what pop music is right now isn't what we think pop music no, is. No, because it's evolved into hip-hop. Like, hip-hop is... Like, when you look at Mustard, right? Mustard's a hip-hop yeah. producer. He, he doesn't try to, like, do things that aren't hip-hop. But his records translate. They get so big that they become pop records. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he does some R&B records and some records that are literally pop. But a lot of his big records that he just made that was about him or his culture or the people around him or what they like to do became so big that it became popular. And that's what pop music is. It's popular music. So his records are big. So uh, I'm really excited. Like, I mean, I don't, I can't really play the tracks right now. I, I, I can let you guys hear them. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited about the music, man. And um, and then I want, we're gonna launch him as a DJ in January out here. You know, I've sat down with some people out here. I got some marketing that's gonna come around. Got my man uh, Cook is gonna do my uh, do my computer graphics and shit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he's um, You know, um, I'm really excited about it. Like it's it's kind of under wraps, but it's kind of not. Do you have a residency locked down already? I don't have any residencies like- locked down in Vegas yet, but they're they know it's coming. They just want to wait for the content. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you, t- you keep talking about Urban Sickle like him, but it's you. It, that's what's so funny about it. <laughs> it's also <an alter laughs> ego, bro. It's like Spider Man. <laughs> it's the best shit because it's like you know a lot of guys are like, are you gonna get a mat? Are you gonna be like a black marshmallow? Like what are you gonna do? You yeah. Know yeah. So a lot of people were like, you gotta have to step outside of your comfort zone with Urban Sicko and and do some things that you've never done. Are before. you gonna dress different? Are you gonna talk different? Are you gonna uh, become like Batman? Like yeah, hey guys. these are all these are all things that are possible. Uh, you know, but. Uh, Right now we're deciding what, I mean, dude, I've, I've gotten like, one of my boys does uh, a lot of the, uh, what do you call it, production for EDC. Mm-hmm. Like a good friend of mine is Asian dude too, man. So <laughs> I know yeah. that's important to you. Yeah. Keep it in the family. Yeah, you Keep know what I'm saying? This is how we do. But yeah. um, hope, my boy yeah, Jerry, my boy Jerry's like, he's worked with Apple and all this shit. So he's done a lot of uh, the production at EDM and he's behind Urban Sickle as well with like some production shit. And he's like, what we want to do with you is, I shouldn't really say it because motherfuckers might steal it, but 
I'll chill with that. But there's Damn. some there's some interactive shit that we could do on a production wise that that social media interactive with people in a music f- plat in a music setting. Yeah. Um, and then I can still DJ. Like you know what I'm saying it's like no disrespect to the you know like the EDM DJs, but they DJ differently than we do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so if I could come in, the only guy that I that I've seen that DJs kind of like we do that's in that house element is Chucky. You know, mm-hmm. Chucky is like, can get down on any any level. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So Chucky's involved in the project as well. Chucky's doing some production with me. He's producing some shit. It's like a big project, man. This shit's not yeah. a joke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Chucky's like, yo, man. He's but, like, you, but this page started as like a, uh, like a, like a, memes. like a joke, like just fucking around, Comedy. right? Yeah. And if that's the, that's how things happen, right? Isn't you don't it, plan yeah, it. It's so weird. Like, it's so weird how it. shit evolves now, but it's like, there's there's no sure way of making money from anything. It's like something blows up, and then you're like, well, how do we make money off of it? Yeah. So and the it, people, are, you know, thank God, I got the people around me that have the vision. I'm I'm a, I'm a visionary because you have to be a visionary to be creative. Yeah. Um. And and people are just fucking taken to it. You know, like I'm not. I'm. I didn't try to make this what it is. It just became what it is. So. Did people try? Did people try to hit you up with ads and shit like that? Yeah, I've had people try to like, yo, man, how much you charge you me? You never to po- did an ad, really. No, no. Like, how much you charge me to post on Urban Sicko? You know, yeah. Like, how, mu- how much is Fashion Nova throwing at you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, uh, I, 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 I think what I will do, you know, I'm just going to wait to see, you know, once we drop, and I'm excited to put him in Vegas. You know, like I've already talked to my boys over here, Hakasan, yeah, yeah. and my boy Moose, and all those guys, and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. Eddie, Shout to Moose, yeah. Eddie and all those guys. So they've already they're already aware Eddie, of it yeah. and they're just like, yo, let's just launch this. They, they, let's launch Urban Sickle in Vegas in January. Like let's get get him going. Uh so and personally I don't want to take him out of Vegas. You know what I mean? Like he's never gonna DJ outside of Vegas. I'm still bugged that he keeps yeah, talking I love about how he's settled, right, right, in a third person sense. <laughs> he's like only, <laughs> Spider-Man's only yeah. only protecting this town. Because it's not because it's not it's me, but it isn't. Like yeah. I'm not physically him, but I am, but it's like when he, when we do the television show, it's not gonna be me. It's not gonna be my voice. You know, it's like it's gonna be really real. Excuse me, written comedy with real writers and real dope graphics. Like the guys at Quantity, like I brought them up a, a bunch of times. Like the stuff that they're doing tech, with technology and all this shit is just fucking insane. So, you know, it's like you just have to put all that shit together, man. And 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 you know, like you need it. I'm not. I'm not gonna call it a gimmick because it it, it is something that yeah. that we did create that really that yeah. was really real. Mm-hmm. In a sense, it's real. Um, but um, you need a point of interest. You, you know what I'm saying? You, like, you gotta you know? have something else that 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 takes you from being like a certain level to the next level. Like if I came out and just tried DJ as Craig, I could probably do regular shit. Right. And I could get work and be whatever, and that's cool. And I, I'm not. And I'm not scared of that. But do, do you miss DJ? There's a there's a. I'm mean, gonna talk to you like this. Like there's a point where I got really. It's really sick of it. Uh, I really hated uh, DJing. I hated the travel. Um, right. It just got. It just wore on me. You know, like I'm at a point in my life now where it's not about how many gigs I can do, as long as it's, it's the gigs I want to do. Yeah. That's what DJing is for me, um, because uh, DJing is taxing on your body. DJing is taxing on your mind. Like to entertain those people, it's, it can be stressful. The travel can be stressful. You start eating bad. You don't get your sleep gets fucked up. You drink a lot. And you drink a lot. Yeah. You drink a lot should have been number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then a lot. it's just a, a lot, lot of ex- yeah, it's a lot yeah. of expected of you. And then you end up drinking. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes you get drunk. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes you start getting fucked up. So um, I don't really miss that. So that's what's cool about Urban Sickle with me being older is that I'm just going to do quality gigs and I'm not worried about how much money I can make. Yeah. I just want to do the right things. And I want to do things where 
I don't have to fucking, I don't want to leave Vegas. Like, I don't know where I'm going to, like, maybe I'll go to Hawaii one day to go for two days and sit on the beach. Yeah. But yeah. there's no reason for me to I've, leave. I've never seen anybody so happy to be in Vegas as yeah. you are right <laughs> because now. Because you didn't live in us. You, you didn't live in Los Angeles. You, you're making it sound better than, it, no, than no, I'm thinking it is. I'm no, like, but have you ever paid five, have you paid five grand a month for an apartment? No, you would really I love LA. Not, no. You would really love Vegas. <laughs> have you been? Have you been stuck in the four hundred five before? <laughs> no, 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 that's a, that's something that people that grew up in LA experience. Because yeah. I was that way. Like yeah. I was so happy to get out. Yeah, and people are like, why would you? You're leave? just so appreciative of yeah. of a lifestyle that that doesn't suck your soul out of your body. Like just. Mm-hmm. Fuck, you know, LA's different. It's kind of yeah. like when you go back home to New York uh-huh. and you're just like, damn, I can't believe motherfuckers are living out here and paying like $6,000, $5,000 for rent. Exact same thing. Yeah. Same shit. Mm-hmm. The motherfucker's like, are oh, you going to turn into that dude that's like dissing LA? I'm, like, I'm never going to diss LA, yeah. Yeah. but I will tell you, like, don't but, hate on me because I'm doing something that makes sense. But the city is not is not the city that you grew up in anymore. It's like New Hell York. No. When I go At to New all. York, it's not There's the same no city. Stores. Not the yeah. same city, bro. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, is New York the New York where motherfuckers was with the sneakers and the graffiti and the hip-hop? Like, it's not the same shit. Gone, but even, but even right. when I see yeah. those dudes that haven't changed on my old block, uh-huh. I'm kind of like, yo, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> y'all motherfuckers don't, don't evolve. Yeah, you don't, you're evolving shit like that. So look at you, though. If yeah. you never left New York, you wouldn't be where you are right now. I guarantee you. Yeah, man. Like I mean, you, you I, like you went out and you became think, your own thing. I think it's very important for anybody to leave their city that they grew up in, and you got to see the some, world and see some and, and see, see something different. And, and not only that, world. make your own bones in another city. Absolutely, without your parents' help, without your the boys' whole, help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and like make your own bones. You know what I'm that's saying? That's for the. Well, that's for the. That's those are for the survivors. Like people that can't do that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that that are, that are in L. A. That are scared to leave L. A. They're scared to leave that comfort zone because they don't. They don't yeah. think they can do anything outside of it. They think that there's so much there that they can't leave it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, motherfucker, you. It's 45 minutes a flight for me. Like I can be in L. A. Faster than you can be in L. A. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you live there. You know what I'm saying? So that's true. I'm like, no, that's real. That's you know real. what I'm saying? So I'm just like. I ain't tripping, bro. Like, you know, like, I lived in the suburbs in L.A. before. Like, you know, in Claremont, like, Vegas, it just feels like that to me. It's like, you know, the stuff's kind of new, kind of mini malls everywhere built. Like, it's the kind of same shit as the suburb mm-hmm. in L.A. So it's like, I don't really feel like I'm missing shit. Yeah. Like, what am I missing? Wait till the Dodger game start, bro. Liquor games. Bro. Wait, wait till that starts. I used to live, before I moved here, I lived literally 10 minutes from the Dodgers. And I only went Where to, like, I? one. I lived in uh, South Pasadena. Okay, cool. So yeah. it was not far from the two. Yeah, and then you go right on. Right, the, yeah. I could get to Dodger Stadium in eight minutes, literally. Stadium You're a big time Lakers fan, right? I mean, that's a whole other level right there. That's 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 deep rooted. But I'm also this is the one I want to talk about fandom. I'm not the fan that my life is ruined when my team loses. Right. Me neither. I'm not. The, yeah. I, I learned. I learned that that's fucking corny. I'm like, sad for, nah. for a day or two. <laughs> when you take that but shit, like motherfuckers take that it. shit too corny. They be talking about, oh man, we. We lost tonight. Like motherfucker, like you ain't on the team. Played, yeah. Like you ain't getting no paper. You ain't on the you ain't you ain't getting no paper. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't on the team. Like shut the fuck when up. When we got eliminated this year for the Dodgers, I was pretty sad, bro. That shit was I wasn't. You called it though. You called it on uh, on Ben Baller. Look, this is what I'm saying, bro. Like I, was, I, 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 I So when the Dodgers to me were never trying to win a World Series. This year? They weren't trying to win a World Series. Come on. All right, so look, if you know, do you know about the story about the prospects and about the pitching? We could have had Garrett Cole. We could have had these other dudes. They didn't want to pay Garrett Cole. They didn't want to move the prospects, okay? So then then they're going to sign Kershaw, who's washed. We've all known he's been washed. You got Ryu, who's never really been that good, but he had a good year. He had a great year. Okay, he had a great year, but he's still not that dude. And the only real, real dog you got is is Walker Bueller. 
Yeah. So at the beginning of the season, and he's the youngest one. At the beginning of the season, I was like, we don't have the pitching. There's no way we're going to win in the playoffs. We do not have the pitching. I said that nine months ago, mm-hmm. and it, they never went to get it in the trade deadline. They were supposed to get somebody. I forgot where they're going to get. And they, they wouldn't pull the trigger on it because they wanted to keep their prospects and ride the same old sorry pitchers. That is not how you win a World Series. Look, look at the teams that were in the World Series. They had the best pitchers on the planet. Both yeah. teams did. Yeah. Verlander, Cole. Strasburg. Strasburg. Fucking Max. Scherzer. Corbin. Corbin used to kill the Dodgers when he was on Arizona. Yeah. The Dodgers never went after that. And that's how you got – when the Giants won all those World Series, who was their dog? Bumgarner. I mean, can you talk <laughs> – I mean, you are you serious? The, the, who, who on the Dodgers is Bumgarner? Kershaw? No. He regular season. Regular, se- regular season, he's Bumgarner. You yeah. can't tell me no. But now, but he's lost. But he's has got the injuries, the backs, whatever. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the Lakers, yeah. yeah. The Lakers for me is the Lakers are you know like we've been sorry for the last you know I'm talking about we six years. Man. Last year has been trash. Nah, last, yeah, trash for six years. It, pure yeah, trash. Yeah. Pure yeah. trash. Pure trash. If you don't make the playoffs and you win in thirty games out of eighty, so what do you think we're doing this year for the Lakers? The Lakers, I think they're one or two pieces away from winning a chip. Shooting. They need defend. They need another defender on the wing. Yeah, they need Iguodala. Like a dog. If they get Iguodala, yeah. Iguodala can help with Kawhi yes. or Paul George. Mm-hmm. And then if they get one more shooter at the deadline, then they're gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, because uh, you think we're winning fifty games and plus? Yeah, they'll win yeah. fifty. Because okay. this motherfucker, Dwight, he's balling he's with he's his extra medium Lakers jersey. <laughs> yeah, yo, that he's, motherfucker's like he, yo, is he looks killing, good, man. He's killing it, right? Yeah, he's on so. It. LeBron, he had almost half a year off. You know what I'm saying? Then he had a whole summer off. Yeah. Uh, he was that, injured last year. So I think, and I also think LeBron is smart enough to know that the people around him weren't going to win. So he just didn't give it shut all. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. He's just like, yeah, man, we ain't going nowhere with, with these kids. Lonzo, I can't really, I can't really, uh, the motherfuckers is one in six right now. Those same players that they traded. They're yeah. playing by themselves. Mm-hmm. All of those players that they traded are starting for New Orleans. New, New Orleans and they're one in six. Mm-hmm. That's the same Lakers as last year. Yeah. So, you know, people are like, man, they gave up too much to get 80. Motherfucker, we 5-1, and one, 80 dropping 40 and 20. 80 looking like a young Shaq. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, that's whatever. But, yeah. I'm How do you defend. feel about the Clippers? The Clippers are the best team in the league. Yeah. I hate the Clippers. I mean, I'm saying. I think we all hate the Clippers. What's the, um, the record right now for the Clippers? 5-2. and two, Lakers are 5-1. and one. The Lakers are playing right now. Yeah. You no, know, they're playing in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, sports, sports is, you know, uh, sports is the reason I got on Twitter. So. Yeah. The talk <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's you know, what all happens. You know, right? you know who got me on Twitter was Raulism. Yeah, yeah. Raul yeah, yeah. from Shout Miami. Raul Miami. Yeah, yeah, that's my motherfucking dog, bro. Like he's one of my my tightest friends. Like as far as sports, me and him just go at each other like motherfucker. Like we always going. But he is the reason I got on Twitter. Really? Absolutely. Because he would just uh, talk shit to me about the Lakers. He fucking hates Kobe. He hates fucking Lakers. He had like fuck. LA, like, <laughs> but he's your boy, so it's like, it's I like, gotta follow Homicide Max. Yo, yo, yo. So, Raul has always been my main sports, uh, what I, can I call it? Uh, like Nemesis? So nemesis. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure, like, at the time, Miami was <laughs> hot. He's yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but Raul's, Raul's always been, uh, I met Raul through AM. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, AM yeah. was DJing, uh, you know, 10, 10 or 12 years ago in Miami, mm-hmm. and I went down there, and Raul shows up. Mm-hmm. And then Raul was just always held me down, like in Miami, bro. Like anytime I go down there, he would like neither. Sometimes he would pick me up. He'd take me to all the food spots. Or he would, um, when I moved from Miami, he has held all of my my studio equipment, my platinum plaques. He's had them for over ten years. Like, like all the Sugar Ray plaques, he held on to them for me in ten years. And he recently just shipped them to me. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's that like that close with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Raul is like, he's the mayor of Miami to me. Like he's super OG Miami. I can't go down to Miami without fucking with that dude. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to him always. But he's the reason, like he got me on Twitter and that's like all the Twitter lingo and all the talking shit. That's 2009 shit. Like uh, 2010 shit. Like na- um, Twitter is different now. It's a lot yeah, more it's, sensitive. It's, like It's a little safer. Like yeah. all the shit that we used to talk, like how we talk to each other, you yeah. know, like how I talk to Ben Baller. We can't talk like that on Twitter no mm-hmm. more. No. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's hypersensitive, but even with me and Raul, Man, going in, <laughs> going in. Like every time the Lakers would lose, he would change his avatar to the star player who beat the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he was just so petty with the shit, bro. Like this is back then, and you know, it it, it just uh, he gave me the, the the Twitter culture that I had, which was outlandish. Kind of came from me and him, and we just took it and put it on a map, you know, on public stage. Yeah, uh, but it's entertainment. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that's not who I am. But that's a part of me who I can be, yeah. and uh, you know, we just go on and talk shit. Like I only, I'm straight up, bro. Like I only go on Twitter to like turn the shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't really, I'm not really serious about anything I'm saying. I'm yeah. just trying to press buttons. You know what I'm saying? Like there's people, there's people that follow me that I know that I can press their button, and they try to press mine. Yeah. And that's what the culture is. So you know, that's what we doing. Like you know, I got my boys in 49er fans, or I got somebody who's a San Francisco fan. You yeah. know, there's a lot of DJs from the Bay. Yeah, so yeah. we be pressing yeah. their buttons. You know, like the Warriors is trash right now. Yeah. So we be fucking not. We be killing them motherfuckers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like they just had their great run. So now we like, yeah, what's good with your Warrior fans? Like, can y'all name five motherfuckers starting on the team? Of course you can't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're, like, all, they're all fucking yeah. injured. No, oh, we 49ers on. We undefeated 49ers. Now they all 40. They back on the 49ers. I didn't want to talk about the Warriors no more. So it's all good, you know. <laughs> but, picked up pretty well. Yeah. yeah so that, that's that's what Twitter is. It's just a place to come, you know, interact with a bunch of motherfuckers you honestly really don't give a fuck about. You know what I'm saying? It's like, IG for me is I like the IG crowd better, me personally because people on the IG. Uh, so you have to have something to show people on IG, whether it's yeah. some kind of content. Some on Twitter, type of content, on yeah. Twitter, you could be like a, a corn. Troll. You could yeah. be just some cornball in the room who just knows how to talk shit, and 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 you can get clout on Twitter because you can talk shit, but you really ain't nobody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? On IG, you kind of there's some. Sometimes you can you can actually be somebody, and sometimes a lot of people are really fronting who they are. You know, like there's a lot of dudes who get yeah. busted on Twitter, like. The people find out who the dude really is. Like, he be working at Walmart and shit. But on Twitter, like, all, you know, he got, like, all the chicks on Twitter. But then they find out he works at, like, you know, Costco and shit. <laughs> works at Walmart. Yeah. Walmart's my shit, like, for anything bootleg and shit. So, um, you know, it's cool. Like, social media is cool, man. I, I learned I learned how to have fun on there. Yeah, yeah. I never take any of it serious. Uh, nothing is serious for me on social media. I stay away from the religion and the politics and all that shit. Yeah. You know, that's personal for people. You know, I got my own beliefs and all that shit. But. Mine ain't yours. Yours ain't mine. So who gives a shit? Like, let's just have some fun. You gonna check out some Knights games or not? Nah? I'm gonna no, absolutely. Yeah, like I'm co- like I'm it? coming here. Like y'all motherfuckers ain't getting rid of me. Like, I'm, never, I'm, I'm about to be I Vegas. Feel, I feel that. I mean, I'm about I to be. Could, I could tell, man. I'm about to be Vegas Victor. You know what I'm saying? Be, like I'm gonna be in here. Be the customer of the month for some shit, bro. I'm gonna be at the fucking. Vegas, I'm gonna go to see. Uh, I'm gonna be at the Vegas Knights games. I'm gonna anything that's entertainment. I want to go. Like I want to go to some Raider games. I want to go. Do you think they're gonna have the Oakland A's over here at the Rio? That's what they I'm should. Huh? They yeah. should. You know, like that'll bring Be like a little, little baby Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll just bring. You know, and I, this is not saying this is not confirming. This is not even true. But I heard some smatters about they might move the Suns here. If they move the Suns here, boy, the Vegas Suns, mm. that should just sound cool. Vegas, I could Suns. see that. Makes sense. I could yeah. definitely see that. I would yeah. like to see the Suns here. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And we, you know, we just gonna rock out, man. Like to me, it's cool. Like. 
there's all this shit it, it exists in Los Angeles, but it take you four hours to go see this shit. Yeah, you Dark, know what I'm saying? Like, I, I how long would it take you to go see the the, the Vegas Nights if you want to go see it? 10, 15 minutes. minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. Maybe at the most. No, what do you mean? No, it's across the street. Walk. It's right Team over Arena. Yeah, but you can like, walk there. all the people and shit. So I, I'm critical. But that's there. 20 minutes. That's not 20 minutes of travel. I can walk there. I well, you can, can walk, walk there, there for right. 20 minutes. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, I'll be hanging out, you know, at, at Crazy Horse at my guy Brandon's spot. You know, I, yeah. I live like three miles from the strip. I got down here in 10 minutes. Like, I have never experienced going anywhere in 10 minutes in L.A., bro. Yeah. Like, ever. <laughs> I live three miles away from the from the Dodger Stadium. It takes yeah. me about 30. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, the, air, the airport's 20 minutes away. Bro, you, know? you just pull up, yeah. like, boom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit to me just makes my life more pleasant to live. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, those, those that traffic takes years off your life. Uh, and, I, and I like the fact, you know, like, going to the clubs out here, man, it's like, you can't even fucking, there's no way you could top it. The other night, yo, man, that your phone rings. Yo, you want to go see Calvin Harris? Yo, you want to go see Migos? Yo, you want to go see Drake? You want to go see Steve Aoki or whoever? To, you're not going to see those guys in L.A., not at no club. Drake's going to do three days stadiums. at Staples. Yeah. yeah, stadiums. So Drake's going to do that. You're going to have to pay to go see that. You're not going to be able to hang out at the club. Mm-hmm. You want to go see Calvin Harris? Where's he going to play in Los Angeles? Uh, Craig need to chill because he's gonna have all these LA motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't say that. Hey, just Vegas just, just is getting crowded already. Just mute this need, in LA, bro. Just mute we this don't in need LA. Any more motherfuckers just, in yo, LA, Vegas man. is so hot. <laughs> Jesus, bro. No, don't move over here. It's I'm, funny because everyone I know from New York is like, I want to move to LA. They're like, everyone's dude, moving they, to LA. Dude, cool. Do that, bro. <laughs> run Go, that. run that. Run that. I'll send you my old apartment address. But see, I feel like I'm only telling, I mean, I know this is going out, but I'm just talking to you guys. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. Is, I'm telling you guys how I feel. I don't give a fuck who's listening, yeah, how y'all yeah. feel about how I feel about Vegas. Uh-huh. I'm just talking to people here that, I, that I'm living around that yeah. I consider peers now that I'm just letting you guys know what admit what it's like for me coming from Los Angeles mm-hmm. into this environment. I feel it though. And then, and, 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 and being a, that's cool, man. And that's being cool, appreciative man. of 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 a, a more simple way of life, but at the same time, Clean there's a air. grand scale. The heat I'm not looking forward to. Like I hate hot weather. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather have but a fat like, crib yeah. than air conditioning. Like I don't give a fuck. Like I rather the, the weather's not a fact out here just because like everywhere's parking. Yeah. So like right. you in your car, and maybe you got to deal with the weather for like ten minutes. Yeah. Like you just yeah. walk right from parking to the yeah. venue and venue back to yeah, parking. So, yeah. You know, it is what it is. I, I, like if there's everything's not gonna be perfect where you go. So if I gotta deal with that heat for was it two two three months here? It's about oh, four. Yeah, four. About months. four. So four I mean, months. Honestly, I mean, I would say six, like six seven. Yeah, six seven. Yeah. <laughs> you looking at <laughs> nah, March August. up until October? Nah, it's nah, not that bad. Not in March. March. It nah, starts cool. like in June, July. I'm yeah. talking. I'm talking that hundred degree shit. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, yeah, it's hundred like, degrees in March. I'll say May. May, so like, June, yeah. July, August, September, and then like five, yeah. six months. Yeah. Yeah. Never like what? Where y'all living? For sure, May. Yeah. So it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with what was happening. You know, let's get it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's so dope, man. That's good, yeah. man. Glad for you, man. Uh, so, so who's the shoe plug out here? I need to get like J's and shit. I need to I get. I got you. <laughs> I used to work plug. at Riff, bro. Man, don't gas me up like that, bro. Yeah. I need to, you know, like He's the plug. Hey, let's do yeah. that. Yeah. Jamie's the plug. Yeah, because it's like, is that is that like is that what do you, what do you call it? Is that retail plug or is that like aftermarket plug? No retail. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the game ain't ain't as scarce out here. L.A. Man, man what? Like, <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, no, for sure. Like, it's like. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking that that's how it is. It's just so many people in L.A. It's like when a J drops in L.A., it's like oh, four no. million motherfuckers trying to get it. Yeah. Is it that bad? It's not that bad out here, right? It's not that bad out here. Right? How yeah. many shoe heads are out here as opposed to Los Angeles? Oh, no, 
Ten percent. Ten percent. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's not as much, bro. It'll be all right. There's right. a couple standout stores though that that have all the heat. And yeah, like like, like the feature, the feature, crossover, yeah. stuff like that. I was at features. Nice, man. Yeah. I was feeling. They, ha- they have dope accounts. Yeah, they they do- and they sell the bear bricks. Yeah, that's your thing. I was in there and I was looking at the bear bricks. I was like, which locations did you go to? The I went to the Encore one or the Wind. Yeah, 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 the Wind. Yeah, 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 the Wind. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that shit. The Wind is popping, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. Look yeah. up in the Wind. Those shops. I was like. Yeah, I feel like Craig that, hasn't come out the house for like five years. He's like, no, 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 like, what is this world? Dude? No, no, that's what I'm saying because like, like in LA, Captain like, America. like if I want to go to a shopping mall that's like the Wynn or even the one over here to the Aria, mm-hmm. I gotta go to Beverly Hills. Yeah, you know, yeah. don't take me to drive into Beverly Hills. That's just mad. That's I gotta drive through downtown Santa Monica Boulevard, so, dude. That shit is nuts. So, and uh, uh, by the time you get over there, you're just like shit's closing. You want to exhausted, <laughs> dude. Uh, I can take Sahara or I can go whatever, go over spring and jump right down in the encore and go down to that mall. It took me like two seconds. They didn't even charge me to leave the mall. Like, so the only thing that Craig really hates is the driving, yo. You just hate I, the driving. I hate the, the driving. Well, I, I hate t- the driving in the, in, the, in the culture change in the city. Like you said, it's not the same city. Like when I go out, I didn't even, I mean, maybe it's because of my age. I didn't recognize anybody anymore in LA. Mm-hmm. When I went out, I would be like, yeah, like, I, who the <laughs> fuck is this motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? And they popping like, I'm like, what? Like, I mean, it's just different for me. I still had the same juice, you know what I'm saying? But I just, I just, I didn't feel like I was a part of the city anymore, which is really odd for yeah. me being from there. Like, have you ever, when you go back to New York, do you kind of feel like it's just, like, it's just so different for you in a lot of ways? Yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully, I know certain people who are still fucking with certain the clubs, but I know, I know what you mean, where like, there's like when you walk in the streets, like, if you're not with your people, but you just look around and it's like, maybe it's because we're older, but I just, I don't even recognize the motherfuckers in the streets. Like usually, when you walk down a block, bro, I'm from. You see your boy. You see your boy. You say, oh, I know this girl or whatever. Yeah, or this yeah. guy works at this song. Like that aspect, I didn't really feel like I was seeing in LA anymore. Yeah, and, and, and that's what what makes you feel comfortable in your hometown. But the, yeah. don't you feel like the scene has changed so much? The nightclub, the club scene has changed well, a L- lot. L- right? LA, LA kind of like doesn't really have a nightclub like life anymore. There's like playhouse. Really? It's like Playhouse. Uh, what's the one where Butch is But at? y'all got awesome. like y'all got more hip hop clubs than y'all oh, like ever did before. Clubs. Right, yeah. but it's only hip hop. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me as a DJ, like the DJing for it's like me so segregated. The music is just well, the like DJing. All the DJing is limiting mm. musically in LA for me. Like, which is crazy too because I kind of was like integral in starting that. Like. Playhouse in 2011, we started doing a hip hop night. It was Thursday night. It was Thursday night. And it started with me. Like, I was the first scam dude doing that hip hop night. I did it yeah, every yeah. Thursday night. I think Augusta was opening for you. Yeah, it was pure hip hop. Because Igor, you know, Igor, yeah. he was like, yo, man, let's do some hip hop. Like, let's just do all hip hop. And I, so I just started playing trap records. Like, you know, Gucci, man. All that shit was, I would Walk just play that straight. And then it just started growing in the city. And then the next thing you know, here comes Supper Club and here comes these other clubs. And then hip hop just. That's all motherfuckers would listen but to. But then also the, the artists there started popping off around yeah. that time too. And all the well, girls, right? you know, it's like the, the girls just want to hear hop. So that's all they want to hear in LA. But for me, like, that's not who I am musically and that's not who I am as a DJ. Is there a part of me that could play hip hop? Absolutely. I'll play the most ghetto shit. You saw me, I rolled up, I was playing Shoreline Mafia. Yeah, yeah. I was playing the most ghetto shit you could ever hear. Like, I love that shit. Uh, the producer, Ron Ron, like, I love his beats. He's yeah. like, of the underground mustard right now, like mm-hmm. this kid Ron Ron. So, but there's also a side of me that really loves other styles of music just as much. But you just want the freedom to play. What I you just want, like, dude. Right? I, I I would lo- I would I'd love playing house music. Like 
there's so many house records that I have or, or bootlegs or, or hot shit that I can't I can never drop in LA and when I go out here it's really refreshing for me to hear different styles of music or when I hear you guys play he drops all types of shit yeah you know what I'm saying you'll hear you know something from the 60s or you'll hear something from the 70s and you'll hear something from the 80s and the 90s whatever and then you jump into some house shit. like he could play literally every style I really appreciate it. I still like open format DJing. I still really respect it, and I still want to hear it. See, I feel the opposite of you. Yeah. I, I'll go to L.A. And you just want to hear it. Right I want to hear hood, just hood, hip-hop yeah. shit. Yeah. I don't want to hear, hear that shit. Format. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, when I go to L.A., like, I mean, I just don't want to hear that all night. Mm. I don't want to hear that all night. It's cool if you go to one or two, but when that's the only thing you ever hear when you go out, yeah. it gets old. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of, it, there's yeah. a lot of venues. Just, so, you know, and yeah. it's like, like I said, the DJs, the younger DJs in L.A., they're, they're not exposed to the musical versatility like you are, or like I am, or guys out here. And I think that's important as a DJ, that you have to know all types of music. It's emerging, though, slowly. It's, yeah. It's really emerging. And that's cool yeah, to hear. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I just really respect guys who, like, dig and, and, and appreciate all forms of music. Mm -hmm. to, because, to me, that's the real form of hip-hop. Hip-hop came from that's, every that's form That's real hip-hop DJing, yeah. Real hip-hop came from finding records that were not hip-hop records. Yeah. And they made them hip-hop records. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's still it. I still like to hear a dope break in a, and maybe or a dope drop in maybe a house record or a dope new rock record that has a lot of energy that nobody is playing. I'm not going to hear that in L.A. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's what I do like about out here. Like when I go out, I'm turned on to things that I don't hear if I went out. So it makes me want to go out. Like when I go out in Los Angeles, I already know what I'm going to hear. Mm -hmm. So it was, I was just hard to get me to come out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, I already know you guys are gonna play fifty mustard records, and you're gonna play all the Migo shit, and you're gonna play this, and it's gonna be cool, and bitches gonna be fine, and motherfuckers gonna have bottles. I remember him doing a Red Cup. He's, yeah, he's uh, Red Cup was that fun. That shit was fun as fuck. Yeah. Red Cup was fun. You get all the Latinas drinking Modelos and shit. Their titties yeah. is out like that. During the daytime, was my great. god, bro, that was and, so fun. And, you, and the it wasn't just all hip hop. Y'all would play a lot. You had like Graham Stone up there, and then also we play. You know, like you could jump into some fucking Latin shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I love that shit too. Yeah. Like this, some like the Latin music. Like one of my friends, this girl was like talking to me on social media the other day. She was like, "What you know about Spanish music?" I was like, "It's not like I like the real shit. Like I like the horns and the fucking, you know, what I'm saying the boom, 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 boom. The, like, oh, yeah. I like, like that like kind the, of shit. Like, uh, band <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah. Like, <laughs> I like I like all the real shit. I don't like this new form of of the the, the Spanish music, like the reggaeton. Reggaeton. That's not that's not the kind that I like. Mm -hmm. I like the shit that like you would see in the background, like in, you know, the cartel movies, like yeah. the shit they was listening to. Yeah, Vicente Fernandez, yeah like that kind of shit, like the real. Chalino Sanchez. Oh man, I love all that shit. Like <laughs> in my computer, bro. Like I got like a whole playlist of that shit where I just listen to it. You know what I'm saying? I used to put it in my uh, in my story videos when I'm driving through LA. I like to show scenery. Yeah. So I'll put the Spanish like the the, the Spanish shit in there. You know, so I, I love that kind of shit. So Going down East LA. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> East yeah. LA, like I love. Uh, I just like. Uh, I just. I guess it's authentic shit. Yeah. It's really authentic. I really like it. Yeah. I mean, the reggaeton's authentic, authentic. to like a. To it's like, cool. No, it's really authentic, yeah, but, but it's it's not the original Spanish shit. You know, what I'm mm -hmm. saying I'm like that that 
like yeah. the, the gangster Spanish remember shit. Remember the shit that I was playing at your house yesterday, two yeah. days ago? That's the shit he's talking about. Well, I know. Yeah. I have, I know like Vicente Fernandez just because I worked with a bunch of Mexicans in, in warehouses in New York back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got that shit. I got that shit in my computer. Like I, I don't I know said, it well, but I, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. When I, I love it. it. Yeah. I, I like to sit at. Sometimes I, that's just what I want to hear. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, be, that's crazy. Because <laughs> I be driving to that shit sometimes, and like, I'm and, like, and I don't know shit they saying. Yeah, like I'll be like. <laughs> Like it's just, what? It's like a cartel motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, but it just it, and it's literally mostly about drugs. Yeah, it's yeah. mostly about drugs or pussy. Yeah, fair game. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's musically though. It's it's got like some jazz elements, the salsa element. Yeah, the, the you know the bass lines like that shit is fucking hard. Like there's been a lot of dope hip hop records that have come from those records. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you sample whatever you can, whatever it just sounds hot. You know what I'm saying? So, I I I got a question real quick. Mm-hmm. I remember. I, are you still like when I would see you, mm-hmm. when you DJ? You'd be killing the shit. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time, I was uh, we were spinning at rehab. Uh, back in the oh day. shit, uh, uh, it was like way back in the. I don't even remember yeah. the fucking year. Okay, rehab. You was killing it. I walked in. I think I was going on. I think I was closing after you or okay. something, and you was killing it. And you was you was watching porn while you was while you was spinning. <laughs> Was that on my cell phone or on the, on the, on the It was on the laptop. So you would okay. switch over. Do you know what that was? I was just me that was just me fucking with the homies, like me trying to make people laugh. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be a real sick fucker to get a boner yeah, DJ, you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. But I was dying laughing. I was like, yo, But boy. that's just something like to me that's entertainment. Like that's like a meme. Like this motherfucker's really watching porn and yeah. he's DJing. Like, what the fuck is that that's all about? Hilarious. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I like, just did like, he have like spread on the screen or was it just uh, a little box? He was like spinning. And then he would play a song, and then he'd go back. He'd watch it. And he'd be like sipping a drink, take a little, take a look, look around, check out some shorties, <laughs> yeah. And then switch over to the other screen, and then scared. I was like, "Yo, this that's the way to do this shit." Like, I couldn't do that. I need to put like my full fucking attention in this shit, yo. Amazing. And then I was, I remember like, yo, five. I'd be like, yo, he be watching porns and shit, like, and spinning, and five be like. Man, he does that shit all the time, man. I see him doing it. That's a real urban sicko right there, boy. (laughs) Yeah. So so that's what I think about urban sicko is like, it's a character of me, but it's like, it's my alter ego. But there's, like you said, that's an urban sicko shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's always been me. Like, I was always a class clown. You know what I mean? I used to do some really fucking outlandish shit. Like, in high school, like, uh, I like to mess with the teachers. Like, so um, I learned how to get in the classrooms before they would open. Yeah. So I would sabotage them. So by that, I would do prank pranks on the teachers. Like we had this one teacher who, uh, he would tape our t- our our quizzes and on, on back in the day it was old and he on cassette, and he would give us quizzes. And he would go up there and press play in the quiz, and then we would have to do our test. And he'd be like number seven, so and so so and so. So I was like, oh, you got a tape in there? <laughs> cool. So I snuck in the class one day and I took his tape. I threw it out the fucking window and I put in Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> and we walked this is 88 we walked into class everybody sat down and he went up there to give us our quiz and he pushed play and it was like mm, mm, mm. you know what I'm saying and then Big Daddy Kane came on and the crowd and, the, and the, not the crowd but the kids went fucking bananas you know what I'm saying like everybody was like yo like the teacher's fucking with Big Daddy Kane so just type of things like that it's the quiz you know what I'm saying I was, I was in the back like, <laughs> that I would always sabotage the teachers you know what I'm saying and another time there's one teacher that I really like uh, you know, I would bring in like uh, one time I went in there and I got a bunch of penthouses and shit, and I went and got tape, and I went and put up pussies and titties all over the fucking classroom before we walked in, <laughs> and then I put 
I put I drew a big dick on the fucking uh, chalkboard and yeah. shit. So when we came in, you know, he would go in first, and then all the class would come in. And he'd walk in, he flicked on the lights, and everybody was like, "What the fuck is this <laughs> shit?" You know what I'm saying? And I'll just be in the back, like I didn't have nothing to do it. Eventually, they figured out it was me, <laughs> and then I started getting in a lot of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like they would pull me aside, I mean, get a semester, like. Uh, sir, Mr. Bullock, we're not going to have that shit uh, in our classroom, so you'll be kicked out day one. So that's just kind of where I learned that kind of humor shit, and it just, you know, the, the IG is just kind of another aspect of that clowning around. You like Black Bart. Yeah. No, I've, always, I've always been a prankster, and, and Twitter's the same thing. Like, trolling people is a, is a pranking people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you know it's, you already know it's going to happen before you say it. So wait, I got a question. Do you know kind of like the history, because I've always wanted to know this. Mm-hmm. The history of the Bloods and history of the Crips over the last thirty years, but what I want to know is why is more Bloods seem to be in like the spotlight, and Crips seem to be a little bit like I don't know the reason for that, but because um, one of the I think th- I think you got I think you got a a couple Blood artists who are just really good, and they just got famous. I don't think it was a a crip or a blood that got chosen, mm-hmm. but uh, the blood gangs expanded, and they're big. See, I was like, thinking it was maybe Suge because I don't think it was Suge, but the, the bloods, the bloods got a couple artists that are really fucking good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? There, there's some really good. Like YG is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. YG's amazing. The game has been dope for his whole life. Who else is a blood game? Rapper? Right? Games, games out there like that. Um, he's he's a known blood. Um, I but, wanna, Kendrick's not really a blood, but I think yeah, but Top Dog is like yeah, Top Dog. Yeah, he's, so he's you know in that culture with so the, the I, I, I want to know why the Bloods are so tapped into the entertainment. That's what it yeah. is, and I want to, and I also want to know if Crips are like kind of angry about quick, that shit. Like no, quick I mean, dudes. I don't, I don't know, I don't think they're angry about it. Like I said, everybody's so intertwined because you got like you got like Nip, like like Nip Lee, Nips is was so was so see he what, what fucked me up about Nip was when he died. He really represented everything that I grew up experiencing. Like, you know, I just talked to you guys about being chased by Crips and Bloods or, or riding your bikes down, uh, you know, Crenshaw and us shopping at the Crenshaw shop, Swap Meet our whole lives. You know, like mm-hmm. we used to ditch school and go to Crenshaw Swap Meet. We yeah. grew up cruising Crenshaw. Um, all that shit, being a little kid in Los Angeles, going to the Run DMC concerts, getting shot at, all that shit, everything that we ever grew up experiencing was who Nipsey was, even for him being a Laker fan. Like he was he was such an embodiment of all of our culture yeah, yeah. that when when he got killed, it, it was literally like they killed LA. Like he killed it was bigger to me, it was bigger than when he Pac- was like one of the good ones. Like he was really yeah, good and, ones. And, you know and what I'm all that added on to it too. Yeah. But it just felt like a piece of our city and our culture died that we all literally grew up doing was taken from us right. so mm-hmm. he was bigger than life to us like he was bigger than a rapper and then obviously then there's the whole thing of how great of a person he was and how he was given to the hood yeah, yeah. how many motherfuckers yeah. loved him so when you saw that outcry and that response yeah that's what it was you know what I'm saying like people revered the dude because he was literally all of us like we like my story that I just told you is, is that's who he was you know what I'm saying like all the little shit with the little kids and like we used to look up to dudes like him like my cousins were him you know the gangbanger dude who would come and give us popsicles and candy and shit you know what I'm saying and all the places that he ate and all the places all that shit was just 
like damn man like that's everything that I did yeah so yeah. when he was when he was taken away and all the things he was doing for this city and uh and just being a good dude like it just didn't sit well with people and people just went the fuck off man I was in LA like that shit like I've never seen the city act like that never my whole life was it and worse than like the riots it was it was different right it was different the feeling was as bad or as worse yeah because the riots were the city against the cops mm -hmm. this was something that should have never happened you yeah. know like this was for no reason it didn't make sense and uh that shit fucked us up bro like and if you listen to his lyrics I, he was one of the most to me unappreciated by the by those who never really tapped into him lyrically mm -hmm. Everything he was saying was a gem about bettering yourself or taking your craft to another level or showing you some business shit or or some shit that wasn't the same old gangbang shit. Like yeah. even all the trap music that we listen to now, it's all about drugs and pussy and all that shit. He didn't say none of that shit. He was talking about, yo, man, I'm over here fucking with this Bitcoin shit or like do this for your partner so he gets on to the next level and set up a system for this guy like that. He was talking about putting people on and, yeah. and doing things in, in business and and taking care of shit and not he wasn't never talking about bullshit so i think that's what really resonated with people like um he wasn't like the super mega platinum drake type star star yeah. but he i guarantee you you'll never see anybody respected and revered like that in hip-hop from here on out that passes away like the dude by 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 such a big city as los angeles yo, yo you know what i'm saying yo, like, i was yeah. there like motherfuckers went off bro. and by dudes that wasn't Crip related too, like he was getting loved. Dude, the, the bloods were like, yeah. see, this is what I loved about Nipsey, and we've just been talking about on the gang yeah. culture. He was off limits, like that's what made it so bad. All the gangs did not fuck with him, like he was off limits. Mm -hmm. and you know anything about that culture? Off limits is like nobody fucks with this dude. We don't care what's set, blah blah blah. This dude was off limits. So wait, 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 break it down. Like what off limits means that bloods, Crips, no gangs can touch this motherfucker. Pretty much. That's what it, I think. That's he had that pass. Wow. I think he had that pass, you know what I mean? Like nobody really fucked with Nip because everybody knew what he was about. He was bringing dudes together that shouldn't have been together. So they loved the dude, no matter what set they came from. And then he was just putting on, like he was doing things in the neighborhood. You know, there's a lot of dudes who come back to the neighborhood, but he came back and died in the neighborhood that he was fucking putting yeah. on, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah. that didn't resonate with people either. Nobody was fucking with that shit, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't cool. So. You know, Does anyone know what's happening with that dude, by the way, that shot him? He's in jail. He's still alive, though? Yeah. yeah. He's in jail. He's in jail. I so was, I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, what's up with that dude? You, it's kind of quiet. He's got to be in, like, like fucking protected custody yeah, or some oh, shit yeah. like that, right? He's he in solitary He can't sure. roam yeah. freely in jail. He can't yeah. roam so, freely. So, you know, um, at the same time, you know, like, uh, Nip, you know, being from Los Angeles, you know, you got a sense of pride, you know, that people got to see uh, – actually really see the real Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? None of that was, you know, the Hollywood shit and all the places that you see with all these yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's a perfect that was, that's, that's what I was proud that Nip got to show people the real Los Angeles. You seen the motherfuckers on 100 bikes going down the street in the hood. That's the real Los Angeles. You seen people follow him for 27 fucking miles yeah, yeah, yeah. on every fucking block in the city that was nowhere near Hollywood. That's real Los I went Angeles. Down South Central. That's the real Los Angeles. And like I always tell people, I was like, you you can't call LA and Hollywood the same place. They're not the same place. They're not the same people. 
there's a millions and millions of regular real people in Los Angeles that aren't in Hollywood that don't go to Hollywood. Most of my family never even been to a club in Hollywood, and they don't live that far from it. I've never heard anyone speak about uh, L.A. like that. Right, there was because that separation. There's you know a separation. There's, a, you know, I tell people it's all almost the time. like, uh, like the Las Vegas Strip in Vegas. It's yep. like, yo, motherfuckers, uh, motherfuckers the from whole. Vegas hardly ever go to the Strip. Right. Yeah. And you would say, yeah, they, hey, you would the call that the South Central. They don't. Yeah. They be down in the hood. They and be the people, down, the Latinos and the, and the Asians. You know, like they be in the, they be in East LA. Like that's all the parts that people don't ever see. Like they don't get no pub, and it's like all the bad rap in LA is from Hollywood. It's not the real people. <laughs> it's not the real LA people that are the bad rap. It's all the people that come to Hollywood. Some of them are local. Some of them are transplants. But anytime people like fake ass motherfuckers, like I don't know anybody fake that's from LA, bro. All the motherfuckers that I know that are really from L.A. are from those areas. The realest motherfuckers I know, not lying, not tripping, not, not caring about social media, not giving a fuck about being popping. They just doing real shit. They real hardworking, blue-collar people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the real Los Angeles. Los Angeles is bigger than Hollywood. Hollywood is only a few miles big. It's not L.A. It's probably eight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm sure you, your family, in, where does your family live in Los Angeles? Silver Lake. Simple is pretty close to Hollywood. Yeah, so. yeah. Now we're right Hollywood, there, right there. Jim, so you Hollywood, northeast of Hollywood. Yeah, but other family you got. I'm sure they live all over, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, what I'm saying like my family lives First, in places like Monrovia, Duarte, oh, yeah, Pasadena. Yeah. Uh, you know, then there's the IE, but South Central. You know, like Inglewood, Watts, all that shit. Like Compton, Linwood. You know, there's there's so many places in Los Angeles that people never get to really talk about. If it's not in a music song or it's not Hollywood, they don't talk about it. So, yeah. and then another thing in Hollywood that people don't know that there's a there's an inner crowd of locals that don't go to the trendy spots, and there's places that people go eat that are legendary and classic and historical that aren't the Tows and they aren't the the other places like that Danos. are. Yeah, there's places though. Those are the places that I ate. You ever see me post any places, all those trendy places? And I eat all the time. I always post where I go to. Sometimes you be at Nobu and shit. Nobu's, Nobu's one of them. <laughs> one of my friends, Mr. Chow. Mr. Chow. Mr. Chow, but Mr. Chow's all over. Yeah, Craig, don't try. You, you be on no, some no, flossy no. shit. <laughs> you know, that flossy shit. Is diff- <laughs> flossy, is, bit, flossy is different than trendy. Yeah. Flossy is different than Trinity. Yeah. Will I eat at the nice places in LA that were always there? Absolutely. <laughs> Every fucking day. But like but the Trinity. Like the tr- Dino's? The tr- you, you've been at Dino's, Yeah, right? man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the, 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 or, or the OG taco spots, you know what I'm saying? Like on the mm. corner, it's like, motherfuckers, dude, you ain't going to see that shit on nobody's yeah. IG. They ain't tripping off that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to post the shit from uh, Catch or some shit. Or, yeah, Catch or like. Yeah, like I've, I've never even been to Catch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather go to, like, you know, a spot that we always went to before those shits even open. Or I'm only going to see people that know me and I know them. I'm not going to see somebody that's an influencer, no disrespect to them. But it's like, I like to go to the local places that I always went to. Yeah, and that's yeah. usually where I hang. And, yeah, Mr. Charles is part of that. We've been going there for 20 years. Yeah. Before all the trendy spot. You know, we've been going to, uh, Nobu's new. Uh, but my, one of my friends put me on it. Like, they were like, yo, we're opening up this spot at Nobu. Like, mm-hmm. you got to go check it out. I haven't been. I've been to Nobu like two times in the last three years, though. It's just fucking far. It takes you fucking two hours to get there. Yeah, to Malibu, man. You be on that street. You be on that street for fucking two hours, You've been bro. Pacific <laughs> Highway, PCH. Yeah, yeah, sitting there for mad long. God damn, man. <laughs> Going home, your fucking ass starts hurting. You start getting fatigued from sitting in the car and shit. That ten freeway is no joke after five. <laughs> you know what's the problem? The problem is y'all are driving. When I go to LA, I'm in the Uber. I don't really give a fuck how long the ride takes. No, you know are you saying? there all year in an Uber though? Every it, day, it wouldn't bother me. I like. I, you know, oh, it would. I, it would. I do work. 
I do work while they driving. I'll, I'll take a nap. Like that's I love different it. though. You're coming into town. I would do the same thing if I went to New York and I was in an Uber. That's the same thing, and it's a lot of traffic. If you had to live in L.A. and you had to drive those streets every fucking day, yeah, I, just, would, I would Uber. I don't like, know how to drive. That's right, yeah. yo, man, I gotta go to. <laughs> hey, man, meet us at uh, meet us at Mr. Chow's. All right, like you gotta leave two hours early. You know, but it would take me from Silver Lake to Fairfax about an hour and a half to get to work on the streets. On the and streets. that's like not even what ten miles. Maybe? Not that's like not worth miles. going to, man. See, that's why that's what's hard for me yeah. to go out a lot because mm-hmm. I was like. Man, I ain't sitting in that shit. I ain't sitting in that traffic. Everything's everything's built around traffic. Like, hey, man, what time y'all going? Like, oh, man, I don't know. we could have gone like 2 o'clock. Like, all right, man, I'm probably not going to make that. You know, yeah, If y'all yeah. going like 8, I'll show up. But, is you know is that why everyone's so flaky in L.A.? Hell yeah. yeah. You don't want to deal with that shit. So, and it's like, and people don't care. Like, people are like, they don't care if you don't show up or not. So you don't get like, if you don't show up out here and you say you're not going, people will probably hold it against you. Yeah, you 10 it, minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> you got no excuse. But in LA, this motherfucker's like, damn, you in Beverly Hills. Like, man, I, don't, I, didn't, I, I drive, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. So, <laughs> and don't even get started if you drive a V8. That shit's even worse. Yeah. yeah. Wait, v- what's this? What's that? That's like the bigger tank. Like, that's like the trucks. That's like. Oh, the V8 engines. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. even going to a Laker game, you know, I live like, in theory, like, Five, six, seven miles from Staples. From down, like I lived in the south part of South, like so, running in like H P uh, Highland Park area. Yeah, like down there. So you know, once once a certain time of day, or if there's a game, if there's a Dodger game, yeah, well, you're done. Like you can't even get through that that little hill when you go over to go like to downtown. Chinatown? Yeah, <sighs> you're kind of stuck there. Oh, so you worked at Rift, so you had to go over that hill. No, well, I lived in Silver Lake. Okay, so you just so went straight took down. Sunset and okay, got you cut straight, down, yeah. but. Yeah, the streets can get crowded too, though. Yeah, but you got another back shit like yeah. fountain every. Yeah, fountain's a move. Fountain's yeah, a move. Yeah, I lived on fountain. Yeah, I had, a, know, I had a tent on fountain like the homeless dudes. Like I used to be killing out there with them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, did you see all the all the all the homeless shit out there? Yeah, it's pretty bad. That shit is crazy, man. It's like, just pretty bad. That's like new. Like that's like. Well, and then Riff is like two blocks away from uh, Skid Row. Yeah, so I've been seeing all that shit. Yeah, so crazy. Skid Row is a. Uh, uh, Mr. Cartoon used to have his tattoo shop over right there. Right down the street, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, he did all my tattoos, so. Yeah. How much did that cost you? I mean, it costs a lot, but <laughs> not what he really charges people. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what crazy, I'm saying? Man. He gets like 50 Gs from like, you know, super celebrities. He did me, Damn. you know, it was it cost me like 1500 That's a goal. That's one of my goals to get tatted by Cartoon. <sighs> How did Cartoon blow up? Because like, I just remember him having the Nike Artists. shoes and shit. He blew, up, he blew up because, first of all, he's incredibly dope. Yeah. Uh, and he was a really respected tattoo artist. But then when he tattooed a couple rappers, um, it just changed the game. Like, people got to see how dope he was. Mm-hmm. And then it became like, damn, like I got to get a tattoo from that. I remember the dude had his own sidekick. I was like, who yeah. is That's crazy. He had his own oh. Nikes. His, yeah, his yeah, Air yeah. Forces are. I remember there's being like, one, there's one Air Force that. The spider, the web? spider Web? Legendary. Yeah. Dude, that's eight, almost up there with the Atmos. Yeah, eight and nine grand easy. Yeah, that, that whole episode that with AM on Entourage was about yeah. cartoon. Cartoon, cartoon. Yeah. cartoon yeah. Did, he, he did all my sleeves. He did my back. He did all that shit. Yeah. Except they made cartoon like some Filipino. Yeah, from Glendale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 really? They did him like that. Fukuyama. Fukuyama yeah, was from Glendale. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, man. You know, like I appreciate you guys having me up here telling my stories and stuff. Like, uh, nah, we. I be mean, uh, been trying to get you for the passion. Yeah, well, we didn't think we could get you actually. Yeah, we're like, yo, he don't fuck with us. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it just has to be the right right situation. Has he blew me off in LA. He was yeah, no, he didn't even call us back. He left me really? on red. Yeah. He left me on red. He's like, what time? Yeah, well, I'm not really? driving over there. <laughs> well, a lot of, what a lot of people don't know uh, my, about my life is I have a really sick mother. 
So I take care of her full time. Now we feel like assholes. Yeah, no. So when a lot of people, another reason why I don't go out a lot is because she lives with me right now. I brought her to Vegas. She. She's uh she had a couple strokes she had some aneurysms oh, man. so she's a full time job and I've had issues with people helping with helping me with her in the past uh, people took advantage of her they stole from her when I wasn't around sure, yeah, yeah. stole her purses stole her diamonds so I just said fuck that I'm not putting her in a home mm-hmm. um, I'm her only son I'm her only only child yeah she has no other family so she's my full time responsibility, you know. Like she's at the house right now. She's texting me like, "Are you gonna bring me something to eat?" You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I take care of a little old lady full time. So that adds to my story is where sometimes people are like, "Yo, Craig don't always be around," or something's like that's because I'm taking care of her. Yeah. You know, she needs a lot of fucking assistance. So she's cool. She's in Vegas. She was like, "I said, Mom, look, I gotta go to Vegas. I want to move to Vegas. I'm gonna take you with me." And she's like, "Hey, let's just go." Like she's you know, already packing her bag. Yeah. She's just like, "Whatever you want to do. Like I've lived my life." She's like, "You take care of me full time." So I'll just go wherever you go. She likes it out here. That's cool, man. She's she's she doesn't get to go out much. She's not really that mobile. Yeah. So uh, I took her out today. Like I took her driving. I took her to In and Out, and I took her to uh, get her nails done. Nice. And that's about all she can really handle. Yeah, After yeah. that, she's just getting a little tired. You know, she she got bad vision. She got when you have stroke damage, dude. It's like tough on you. Mm-hmm. So you know, I got the cameras and shit. Everything's watching her. Like I got baby monitors. I got cameras all over the house that watch her full time. So you know. When you don't see me, that's usually what I'm doing. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So if, like, if there's sometimes we're like, Respect. yo, we can't f- find Craig, that's usually what I'm doing. But when I can get a little bit of rest and I can go out and do my thing, it's, it's, it, you'll see me. So like that's what I'm saying. Like Even be, being here in Vegas, it's like I could still be taking care of her, but I could get over to the strip and see you. I could come see you, DJ, right, for right, two right, hours, right. and I could dip back home in 10 minutes. Yep. So it just makes my life a little more livable, even with taking care of her and also – just being here, just a better lifestyle for me. Like it's 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 helping me health wise. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like clear air too. Well, just the stress. You know, it's, it's stressful. Yeah. I don't know if you ever taken care of a little old person. No. that can't do shit. It's it gets stressful. You know what I'm saying. So there's a lot of sacrifice. Um, one of the reasons why I stopped DJing a lot was her too, mm. because I was just like I got to be home. Like I had to put my whole career on hold. Mm-hmm. And um, but at this point right now, you know, I'm out here. We've saved a lot of money by moving here, so I can get a lot more help for her. Right, and I can mm-hmm. get back to work. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to DJing here. Like I'm ready, bro. I've been pr- yeah. working on my sets the whole month. Nice. <laughs> so when I when I when I get a chance to get down out here, like I'm I'm ready to light it up. You know, yeah. and when you go out out here, you, you, DJs DJ different ways in different cities. Yeah, and you got to understand how they get down in their city. You know what I'm saying? So I really respect how everybody gets down out here. Like I don't want to come out here and step on no toes. Uh, I'm learning from everybody out here, and uh, you know I don't want to come out here and and, and like. You know, like when you're on other people's turf, you gotta you gotta respect their turf, mm-hmm. and, and you gotta understand how they do things and learn from it. So everything that I did in L.A., like I go into L.A., like I could be like, I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like I, nobody gonna tell me shit in L.A. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. But when I'm out here, I'm on you guys' turf, so I will listen to you guys. You know, like you guys are gonna show me, lead me to water or not, and uh, and I gotta respect that. You know what I'm saying? I gotta respect how things are done, and I. Gotta keep my mouth show, shut and listen. But I am looking forward to DJing yeah. here. Like I can't wait to hit the spot. Like can't your boys at Hakkasan, they were like, "Yo, man, we gotta get you on here." Um, be dope. You know, cool, I play some open format. I play some big room shit. I play some old shit. Like I, I just can't wait to to get back to that. And it's it's giving me a a new, uh, not lust, but a new love for DJing by moving yeah. out here. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like I'm yeah. like, I, I just feel like the DJs are more appreciated out here, even just by how they're paid and. 
how how you guys do the gigs out here. Like yeah. the the culture of DJing is appreciated in LA. Like a lot of DJs could just play any records and it's like they can get on. Like you know, there's a lot of undercutting in LA. Dudes. Way too much undercutting. Undercutting, where you know, like that. A lot of undercutting here too. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's, yeah, but if you got some status here, they ain't gonna fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Like they gotta pay you. Like, yo, man, that motherfucker got like five million, a million followers or so. So like, whatever, whatever is your status. If you got your status and you got records out or whatever, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not trying to do it half-ass. Like I'm trying to do television. I'm trying to do music. I'm trying to use all my resources. And we're gonna DJ, but again, I don't want to leave. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let him DJ anywhere else, but in Vegas, I want to make it exclusive for here. I want it to be where I can play a certain type of music, which is all types of music, and I just want to make it something that's a showcase for here. Cause I'm older, I don't like to travel anymore. I'm sick of fucking airplanes. I've traveled for twenty fucking years straight, and I'd rather play here. I'd right. rather just play here, and then if I'm not playing here, I'm cool. Like I went to L.A., but that was forty five minute flight. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, yeah. You know, you take the JSX dip over there, you're right back. And I was like, motherfuckers like, yo, we want to go eat. I'm like, I'm already back in Vegas, bro. Like, I got the fuck up out of there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, again, pleasure to be here, man. I appreciate yo, you man, guys Craig, having me on. Craig Anthony, be on the lookout for Urban Sicko. Yo, yeah. go follow Urban Sicko. It's yeah. U-R-B-A-N dot S-I-K-O on IG. Are you still, you're posting regularly now? I've been, I've been kind of chilling on the post, man, because, like, I've just been so busy trying to get situated in Vegas, and I've been right. working on the content. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's gonna transform from comedy more into real content and into real music. Mm -hmm. So I kinda just wanna kinda wait for some real content to drop and that's gonna get new new fans and new uh new look, new things and shit. So I wanna be able to to give people something else, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Give them a little more. So I'm working on that. So uh, good shit, man. Yo, yeah, thank man, you for yo. Thank you, man. man. Thank okay. you for coming through, man. Anytime, Appreciate I'll come it, back too. Like I said, anything I can help you guys with your your podcast, just let me know. You know nah. what I mean? Like, uh, like I said, it's going the podcast game. What I'm trying to do is take it to another level for people. I, I might do one. I might do an urban sickle call sure, it sickle yeah. radio. Um, you know, this is a dope facility. I don't know if I can use this or whatever, but <laughs> um, you know, uh, I might start doing something that's kind of based on entertainment and and, and, and DJ too, uh, culture. Uh, everything from the taste making to yeah. the sneakers and all that shit, whatever. Um, they were really on me about it. I, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not really that person. Like I could talk with you because you ask me questions, but yeah. I don't know if I could sit on a mic and just be like, just for a long time, you know. But you, just, got, you, you got a good take on sports. You got a good take sports on current, is fun. Of, current events. Bro, yeah, if current, you want to I mean? start a Dodger podcast, let me know. I got I'll, do, I'll do a Dodger podcast. I'll do, I'll do some shit with you. Like uh, <laughs> maybe do something like once a month. We just vent about how fucking lame shit is. There yeah, you go. we'll cry. There you, go. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, do, do some fucking pictures. Do a, do a DJ sports sports show. The DJ, yeah. the DJ, yeah, DJ shit is crazy, yeah. man. It's like you know, it's like. I mean, you guys know you live in Vegas, so there's a lot of DJs that come through here. I'm sure you get a lot yeah. to come on the show. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So that's really cool. Like, you know, we can't like, even get all of them that we want. Sometimes to the perspective. Like, yeah. Well, you're busy. They're busy. Yeah, motherfuckers crazy. Be drunk. Time. Yeah, yeah. catching yeah. people, but you know, you catch people at a good time. Like, I'm glad you guys hit me up, and we got this is the right time to do it. Nobody's busy. You're not traveling. Mm -hmm. It's you know, like it's just yeah. a perfect situation, and uh, a lot of things happened that recently in my life were. I wanted to talk about it. You got to kind of have something else to talk about just besides your your old story, you know. Um, you know that gets a little old to me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm really proud I got to nah, come thank up. You. Thank you. Thanks for coming through, thank and, you. and you know, anytime we, you need me, like like I said, we don't have to always talk about. You know, we could talk about whatever. Yeah, I'll yeah. come hang out and just shoot the shit. Like, sure. <laughs> you know, what happened in Vegas the last two weeks? Well, this happened because I'm I'm not going to talk about this on air, but I'm going to show you what people are texting me about right now. 
This is what people are texting me. Yeah, yeah. 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 that shit is popping out here yeah. like yeah. gnarly. Yeah. Also, man. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know like what the saying? Wild West, bro. Yeah. Yo, so you know, like you know, this. we've been talking about. I mean, we, we, yeah, you've been talking about the chaos closing. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about yeah. for a minute. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of drama we going on in Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. I'm really, I'm actually wondering because they had a huge staff, bro. I'm wondering how the, where that staff that's, is that's, gonna that's go, gone, bro. Yeah. Gone. That's fucked up. Yeah, man. So anyway, um, man. Yeah. anyway, man. Yo, thank God. you for coming through, bro. Anytime. Um, when do you when do you play next out here? Uh, probably next week. Yeah. Because I'll be in my. We actually going to Miami. What part of Miami? I mean, what part of Miami? Where are you? Pl- are you playing? or Are you just going? No, we we are all going. We're gonna we're gonna uh, interview Raul. We're gonna interview Dizza, Irie, all the all, all the homies over there. Raul, man, he's gonna yeah. give you the shit because he's yeah. like the keep it real dude. He is, he is. You know what I mean? Uh, who else is down there? He's got twenty. He's got twenty years in the industry in yeah in Miami. So. He got yeah. He and he got like you know he's selling records. He got Supreme shit. He got all kinds. He got of shit. everything. He got he's everything. Steady hustling. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's my cool, guy. Man. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash roll podcast. We drop a new video every Friday. So go ahead and subscribe, like, comment, and hit the little notification bell to get the video first. And yes, that was so good. That was so, that was good. so good. You took your time, bro. I got it. All right. Uh and yo, shout out to DJ City, man. We out. Peace. Oh yes. Uh from me, Craig. DJ Homicide, thank you, DJ City. They've always helped me out with my profile, man. Hey, I've yeah. had it for years. I use their music every night. So DJ City, when you hear this. Thank you very much for the profile and good looking out. Peace. Damn, peace. We got to give them a percentage of our check now. Yeah, no. I always, <laughs> no, but I've, I've, always, I've always wanted to thank them because they yeah. gave me a page. They always know. let you, they, they always yeah, hooked you I've up. I've always yeah. wanted to thank them, man. Like, make sure they hear that. Yeah, they got it. <laughs>